Central 11. It's 60 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Florida's Department of Children and Families is putting out records on the suspect in last week's high school shooting. The documents show that DCF was called in September of 2016 to investigate claims that Nicholas Cruz was abused by his mother. No evidence of abuse was found. However, it goes into his history with depression and cutting himself as well as his desire to get a gun. A statement from the agency says Cruz was getting mental health services before, during, and after its investigation. And at least 100 students from that Florida high school are going to the Capitol today to lean on state lawmakers. Students from Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School are busing 400 miles to the Capitol grounds in Tallahassee. Students are planning a rally tomorrow to pressure legislators to take up a sweeping package of gun control measures. Some Republican lawmakers in the GOP-controlled legislature said yesterday they will consider that package. I've been really impressed with these kids, man. They've been on the news. They're just so well-spoken, and they seemed absolutely determined to be the last They may be the force for students. change. Yeah. Lawmakers Great. and voters alike are now able to see the state Supreme Court's version of the Commonwealth's congressional district map that will be used for the upcoming May primary. The map was okayed in a 4-3 to three vote by the court, with all four votes coming from Democratic justices. The map will not be used for the upcoming Saccone-Lamb uh, special congressional election to replace Tim Murphy. Democrats say they are satisfied with the new lines. Uh, Republicans say the map is made in the Democrats' favor, made by a Democratic Supreme Court. The GOP is expected to challenge the redistricting map in federal court before the May primary. A new study suggests cleaning the house could be as bad for your health as smoking a pack a day. Researchers in Norway found using cleaning sprays as little as once a week could do as much damage to lungs as smoking 20 cigarettes a day. Scientists tracked more than 6,000 people from nearly two dozen health institutions over two decades. They found women appeared to suffer more lung damage than men did. I wonder why. Researchers researchers say it might indicate uh, men's lungs are more resistant to damage from irritants in cleaning chemicals. So it's healthier for men to clean the house. Well, is it that or is it that they didn't see it in men because they just don't clean the Women house? Women clean more. <laughs> I guess there's that. <laughs> Girls... Don't put food in your lady parts. Apparently, there is a scene in the new Fifty Shades movie where Christian almost puts a spoonful of ice cream Ugh. about Anastasia's Whoa. lady area. Ugh. Talk about a banana split. <laughs> he doesn't do it, but a writer at Vulture.com started to wonder if that would be safe to do, so she consulted a gynecologist, and the answer is... Probably not. Absolutely not. But one time might not hurt you. The doctor said that in general, putting food in the lady parts, not a great idea. It could throw off the normal flora and cause an infection. The doctor couldn't say it would be dangerous if you just did it one time, but advised against it. I mean, you know, if you have a cheat day once in a while, you can feed your vagina ice cream. (laughs) But other than that. I don't know. I think I'm good with a waffle cone. Florida, uh, foreigner rather, is uh, set to offer fans something for the first time that spotlights some of their biggest hits in a unique way. The band last year performed their hits in two shows with a symphony orchestra, and those shows are captured in the forthcoming CD-DVD package, Foreigner with the 21st Century Symphony Orchestra and Chorus. It'll be available April 27th. Also available as a double vinyl LP set, the release features reworked renditions of hits including Feels like the first time, cold as ice, double vision, and a ton of others. 
And finally, Fergie's unconventional performance of the national anthem at Sunday's uh, <laughs> Sunday's NBA All-Star Game nearly upstaged the game itself after taking heat on social media for the performance. The one-time Black Eyed Peas member did issue an apology yesterday. <laughs> she apologized. It's so I'm bad. I'm sure you've heard it. If oh, yeah. you haven't, here's a little snippet. Man of That's the worst part. All, that, that clip right there is the... <laughs> well, the ending's not so great either. For the land of the free. And the home of the... <laughs> in a statement she said quote i've always been honored and proud to perform the national anthem and sunday night i wanted to try something special for the nba i'm a risk taker artistically but clearly this rendition didn't strike the intended tone i love this country and honestly tried my best end quote i feel Bad for her in a way, but how is there not anybody in her inner circle? This is like how Mike Myers made the love guru. <laughs> Nobody around him said this is not a good idea. Nothing but yes men around you. You can't. You gotta have people around you who go. This sucks. She clearly has the voice. Oh no! It's to not- hit the notes for sure. Uh, Just I don't know what she was go doing out there. And give the standard version. It would. I mean, there are a, a couple instances when you don't want to sing. As if you are really sexually turned on. <laughs> yeah. Funerals and the national anthem. Yeah, she was trying to Fried do it like two. the Marilyn Monroe happy birthday song. Yeah. Yeah, not inappropriate. Inappropriate. However, not that big of a deal. We're going to, uh, of course, revisit some of the worst all-time renditions later this morning. <laughs> the Benner- yeah, hey, 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 hey. Forecast today, windy and record-worn temperatures, 75 for the high today, dropping to 60 overnight. It totally is normal. 60 now at DVE. Just a total, totally normal 75 degrees today. <laughs> it is the DVE Morning Show, uh, back from a nice three-day weekend, President's Day. Uh, boy, that's nice. First time we've ever had that now that we're, our union has negotiated for us to be on the, the same schedule as our corporate office. That's a nice thing. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, did you guys do anything presidential yesterday? Oh yeah, I tweeted I watched, a lot. I watched Lincoln. <laughs> did you? No. Um, I know. Was it the Smithsonian Channel? I kind of had on in the background when I was doing some stuff. They were running presidential stuff all day. My day was no different than any other day. It wasn't like I had a day. I it meant I could um, goof off a little more on Sunday, mm-hmm. and I just slept yeah. in on Monday, and that was the nicest thing in the world. Just one more day of sleep. Out. One more day. Just they, one more day. You know what? This, the extra sleep is great, but the best part, I think, is just being able to roll around. and I'm just going to get up whenever I feel like Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm going to think a little while, and I'm going to doze off again. Right, I'm going to wake on up the and TV. think a little more. And get on Twitter. 
Maybe start some fights. <laughs> Just troll for an hour. Watch a documentary. That's right. Fall back asleep. Order Grubhub. Never leave the bed. Take a bath. Decide that's a better way to live. Um, Tim Leibarger is going to be on the show at 7.15 this morning. Celebrating 50 years of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, Tim is, you may have read about him yesterday, he's the guy that put together an archive of all the Mr. Rogers shows, like a Wikipedia for Mr. Rogers. So that'll be it's damn near a thousand episodes, by the way. Pretty crazy. So that'll be seven fifteen this morning. We'll talk pens with Mike Lang. Pens are on fire, of course. So the Hockey Hall of Famer will be giving us a shout uh, at uh, eight forty-five, and uh, Mike Pursuta will be coming in with your sports six thirty this morning. A recap of what went down this weekend. A look ahead. He was in Columbus. He was not there in an official capacity. He was there in no, a, I don't have to work on President's it. Day capacity. So I'll be interested to hear his uh, take on what went down there. Bon Jovi gets us going. I was telling people this weekend, Bill, about the fact that there are two Bon Journeys in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Now, Bon Journey, of course, they play Bon Jovi and Journey and nothing else. And there are two of them. They're like, a, they're, And apparently they're at loggerheads. They, they do not get along. So I was actually, I was telling Chet Vincent this. We were at the uh, Sound Scene Music Awards Saturday. Throwing him in on the Bon Journey beef? And he was amazed by it. So he did a little research, woke up the next morning. There's a couple more. Uh Uh-oh. New York State. West Coast. Really? I mean, we've got to get a Bon Journey off here, don't we? Battle of the Bon Journey. It is the DVE Morning Show. This past weekend, I believe, uh, I believe it's, Friday would have been Ralphie May's birthday and comedy clubs all over the country were kind of paying tribute to Ralphie and uh, we'd be remiss here if we didn't remember our friend Ralphie here he is talking about how much he loved he was a big Steelers fan and performed for the team quite a bit here he is talking about how much he loved Mike Tomlin but I've hung out with Mike Tomlin. I wanted to play for him. I mean, he gets you pumped up. He's like Leonidas, okay? Like, you want to be one of the 300. All right? Come on, Xerxes. Let's do this. You want to dance? Sparta! Okay, that's how Tomlin makes you feel. He gets you energized, ready to kill somebody, okay? Make you want to slap fools. Okay? You get pumped and energized. I love him. Oh, man, he can unite the country. I swear to God, I'd rather have – I would vote for him over anybody else running for president. Okay? To Trump, I got nothing in common with a with a billionaire. That that uh, Ted Cruz looks creepy. All right, Rubio, <laughs> I wouldn't trust that sawed-off Cuban to make me cafe con leche. Okay, all right. I'm getting divorced. Last thing I want to hear is uh, another woman telling me something. I can't wait for the for a letter coming from Hillary, President Hillary, telling me to pick up my socks and underwear out of the damn bathroom. And then and I just got, and, and Bernie Sanders. I couldn't afford to pay for what he wants to do. Plus, I think the first day in office, Bernie be at his front door. Yelling, stay off my yard. He's straight out of Boca. He's been here for years, okay? I love him, but man, I don't know. I would vote for Tomlin over all of them. Get some spirit. Run. And I know he couldn't take the pay cut, though. He couldn't take the pay cut. That's a motivator, though, man. He gets people moving in the right direction. I love him. Roast in peace, Ralphie. Miss you, man. Yes. Wait, I tell you what Kiss is planning. DVE.
So Kiss has trademarked or filed for a trademark for the phrase, the end of the road, which is leading everybody to believe they're going out on tour in the end of the road tour. I thought Boys to Men had that trademarked. No? I would think. They okay. had a farewell tour in 2000. <laughs> They've been saying goodbye for a long time. Years ago. Longest goodbye ever. 2000. Uh, and then Stanley said in his 2014 book, Face the Music, I was angry at Peter and Ace for being disrespectful toward everything we accomplished <laughs> and everything the fans were giving us. I bought into the idea that this was really it, the end of Kiss. There was no place to go. Well, it was resolved when Stanley and Simmons created a new lineup. Oh, that'll happen. Tommy mm -hmm. Thayer, of course, Eric Singer. And both leading members had previously discussed the possibility of Kiss continuing into a new generation without any of the founders aboard. This is what the Grateful Dead is headed towards right now. And the Grateful Dead's only getting bigger. Like, if I'm going to go see a cover band, I don't want to pay $50 for a ticket. It, uh, yeah, right. It's like the officially endorsed cover band. It's It gives you the concert experience. It's the best musicians, et cetera, et cetera. I'd rather go see Bon Journey. All of them. All of the Bon Journeys. At once. At once. Yes. Concurrently. So. Concurrently running. Shows. <laughs> concurrent Bon Journey. So the farewell tour may finally have come to an end, and now it's the end of the road. And then, I don't know. <laughs> This is the cemetery tour. It's the <laughs> farewell to the farewell tour. The cemetery tour. Are you guys ready to the, plot? The one foot in the grave Um, Mike Pursuta coming in next. I, I, I like Kiss like for what they were, and I understand why people worship them, but God, if you keep giving them your money, they're just not my all-time favorite band, and I think about the bands I love the most, and at what point would I draw the line? And I'd like to think it was way before <laughs> the end of the, the road tour. But I don't know. I mean, I'd, I'd hang in there, too. I'm, all, I'm always too critical of KISS fans, but I just don't understand how they keep lining their pockets with that junk. I'm surprised the Pirates haven't trademarked that. <laughs> end of the road. Bridge to the end of the road. Last time for baseball. <laughs> all right, Mike's coming in with Sports Now DV. DV. Sports. Mike Pursuta has your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? Slow week for the Penguins. They're not in action until Friday when they are scheduled to play Carolina in Carolina. Depends How'd that on... happen? Seems like a lot of days off, no? Well, they're they're ahead of everybody else in their division in games played, so I guess it's just evening out. Right. Uh, natural fluctuation, I guess you could call it. Saturday, the Penguins are in Florida. They made a minor roster move yesterday. Reassigning forward Teddy Bluger back to AHL Wilkes-Barre Scranton. He had been with the big league Penguins for a little over a week, but had not gotten into a game yet. So he's still waiting to make his NHL debut. A more uh, intriguing development uh, might be the upcoming NHL trade deadline a week from actually today's Tuesday, not Monday. So it's Monday, February 26th, not a week from today, a week from yesterday. And uh, Jason Mackey reporting in the Post-Gazette that uh, per an industry source, the Penguins are interested in potentially acquiring Rangers wingle Michael Grabner. He can fly. He's got some speed. He is fast. He's a winger, not a center, but uh, special teams guy, power play, penalty kill, 
free agent to be, and he only makes uh, $1.65 million, So fitting it in under the cap likely wouldn't be an issue. Pretty sure the Penguins aren't the only team interested in acquiring Michael Grabner, but uh, it is uh, the Penguins' recent hot streak, uh, coupled with the upcoming deadline, has uh, generated a lot of uh, speculation. Will they add? Do they need to add? What are they going to add? Any kind of depth's got to help, right? They are positioned uh, right now that things are looking pretty good in terms of their ability to contend, but do you make it even stronger uh, by mortgaging even more of the future to That's, bolster your depth? And my, This is where I think a business decision comes into play. I mean, there are, there are always business decisions, but how much of the future do you mortgage right now to win right now, or do you want to you know, keep yourself at a sixty-five to seventy percent chance of winning it every year, or, or whatever it is, or whatever yeah. it is, uh, instead of bumping it up to ninety yeah. for one year and potentially losing ticket sales and interest down the road. And I don't see that happening imminently, but that's got to be yeah. kind of what they're thinking, right? So I think it's going to happen once Crosby's done being Crosby. You know, yeah, it's going to. There's going to be a drop-off. Do you think Crosby will Kobe it or Michael uh, Jordan? Will he play until he just can't, until he squeezed every last ounce out of it? That's my suspicion, yeah. Yeah, that's what I think, too. I mean, I don't know. I've never asked him, but he just strikes me as a guy who will be doing this for a long time. Now, you know, is he going to be in that top of of his game, uh, top of the world level? That's what I'm asking. Or is he going to be Brian Trottier at the end and be a third-line center and right. be pushing from the back as opposed to pulling from the front? Uh, I think he will be the latter. But whenever whenever he's done being the Sidney Crosby that we know him as right now, it's going to drop off. So why not, why not shoot for the moon while it's within reach, right? I'm with you. If you traded a number one pick for Ryan Reeves, Trade a number one pick for uh, Derek Broussard or Michael Grabner. Because you never know. Long playoff runs include injuries almost invariably. That is important, yeah. Broussard would be a great pickup. If for no other reason than the Pens don't have to play against That would help, yeah. (laughs) Might not have to this time anyway, but just to be sure. Uh, They're back in second place in the Metropolitan Division after the Capitals' 3-2 win. In Buffalo yesterday, Penguins have 74 points to the Caps, 75. The Pens have played 61 games to the Caps, 59. Third in the Metro, Philadelphia and New Jersey both have 70 points in 59 games. The Flyers made a move yesterday to stabilize their goaltending situation in the wake of injuries to Brian Elliott and Michael Neuverth. Philadelphia acquired Red Wings goaltender Peter Mrazek for a couple of conditional draft choices. Flyers didn't have an NHL goalie because <laughs> of their injury, so they got a guy that uh, has at least played in the league. Uh, in the Olympics, uh, Team USA beat Slovakia in the qualification round last night. 5-1. to one. Two more goals for Ryan Donato and three assists for Troy Terry. It is on to the quarterfinals. U.S. will take on the Czech Republic tonight at 10-10. Starting to get interesting. Things are starting to happen. Czech Republic is undefeated so far, right? Uh, I, they might be. I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know they haven't lost. Uh, U.S. got uh, bounced by Russia on Saturday, 
four nothing, and then uh, bounced back to win last night. And you it, watched that game, right? You woke up to watch that game, that Russia game. Yes, I did, and it, it was Russia. Was, Russia was a better team. Um, Russia had the puck way more, but the U.S. had some looks. It it, it, it would take uh, an upset to beat that team, but. It wasn't complete domination, even though it was four nothing. And a couple, a couple of the goals were, yeah, probably shouldn't have let that happen. And a couple of them were, wow, Ilya Kovalchuk can still play. <laughs> what is that guy not doing in the NHL? Well, he left when he was like forty-two. It wasn't. He can still play. You know, he went. He, he went, left halfway through his contract, though, right? He yeah, he went play. home to, to go back home. He wanted to, you know, he had enough. But his his shot. Is still ridiculous, good, <laughs> and he he flies around out there, and that was uh, a nasty game. Uh, it was a, it was a North American. Uh, I'm going to give you the last jab or the last shove or the last punch. A lot of face washing going on. Good stuff. You can still have that on the big ice. You just don't need the fighting. You just don't need the fighting. Haven't missed it at all. All right. The bigger rink helps. College Hoops, uh, number 21, West Virginia, is taking on Baylor tonight in Baylor, 7 o'clock. Mountaineers are 19-8 and overall, 8-6 and in the Big 12. And Bob Huggins probably looking for a little bit more of an even distribution of free throw attempts than 35-2. to That's just what the Mountaineers got in Kansas over the weekend. Mm. Columbus uh, was a lot of fun. On Sunday. You were there for the game Sunday, and I'm guessing because of the President's Day weekend, you were not the only Pittsburgher who had the idea to go to Columbus and watch the Pens. Uh, that is correct, and it, traditionally they get a lot of Pens fans there. My nephew, Mark, lives out there, and I uh, hadn't seen him, his wife, and his 18 month old son in a while, so I thought, hey, perfect opportunity, right? Don't have to work Monday. Can go out there, see some family, and invariably in our family, you never just go visit. Like, I would never think to drive three hours to go see them. Just to it's got to be up. tied into but something. But if there's a hockey game, <laughs> you know, we can talk for a little bit, then we could actually go do something fun. So we did that. And uh, this, this I, I was just taking some half-assed notes. Uh, these are the jerseys I saw of the current Penguins <laughs> in the bars and, you know, in the in the arena. Uh, Dumoulin, Murray, Hornquist, Latang, Crosby, Malkin, Kessel, Schultz, Gensel, Mata, Haglin. These are the retro Penguins jerseys. Lemieux, Brasso, Yager, Tockett, Kovalev, Francis, and my most hated jersey, a Crosby Team Canada jersey. You, why do you hate that jersey so much? Because Just not, he, uh, they're our enemy, Randall. Yeah, but why don't you, out I, America's Olympic, heart. Why don't you have respect for the, you know. Because they beat our ass every time we play them for the gold medal. It's a phase. <laughs> Uh, the, one, the one bar I was in also had a uh, penguin sticker in the urinal, the, the logo. Oh, they like pee on it? Yeah, and yeah. somebody had written in graffiti over the top of it, Crosby's Lunchbox. I mean, whatever, Sullivan's 7-1-1 one, one against uh, Tortorella. And they just, the, the Penguins just took that game over, banged a couple in early. It was over. They suffocated it. Um I did get to hear the cannon go off twice, which was cool. I was sitting right near the cannon. No, well, that's that. That is tremendous. <laughs> it's taken the West Virginia musket that they shoot off indoors 
to an entire different level. Wow. A cannon indoors. Last time I heard a cannon indoors was the ACDC for those about to rock tour when I was in eighth grade. <laughs> well, I was glad the jacket's got a couple goals because you, you don't want to miss that. No, you got to have the cannon. They have there's flags all around it and people running it, you know. Yeah. It's quite the display. Good deal. Well, I'm glad and, you had a good time. And that is, uh, boy, they did that right with that arena and all the stuff they built around it. Yeah, it and looks pretty awesome. Adult fun land. They call it the arena district. And if you can't get enough to drink, before a game, you're just not trying hard enough. Yeah, well, you know, we got the Arena District. You got Shales. You got the Super Bowl. And the Barta keeps changing names. <laughs> There's is a little, little ahead of the ahead of the game. Mm, I like ours. Team's but, better here. Team's better here. I'd rather that. I'll take the team. You can enjoy all the uh, the Fuddruckers and all the, uh, the stuff they have for you there. <laughs> Fat, what do you got coming up? Well, you should know your significant other's astrological sign because I'm going to tell you coming up at the top of the hour which sign is most likely to cheat. Windy and warm, 75 today. It's 60 now at DVE. You know, it might actually be easier to go and compete in the Olympics than to just go as a spectator. I'll explain what I'm talking about. (laughs) Freestyle skier Elizabeth Sweeney has completely hornswoggled the IOC and figured out how to become an athlete with virtually no athletic ability at all and then be celebrated on the Olympic stage. That's not hyperbole. No. She's really not good. Not. Also, Tim Leibarger, he's the guy who created NeighborhoodArchive.com. 715, we'll talk to him about his, basically like it's a Wikipedia of all the Fred Rogers episodes as we all celebrate 50 years of Mr. Rogers here. It's the DV Morning Show, and of course, we all have Olympic fever. The Olympics, the stage on which the world's greatest athletes convene to compete for Olympic glory, to go down in the annals of history as the best, to be known for your Striving through pain for years and years on end. For that one moment to prove that you are the best in the world. And then there's uh, this girl who (laughs) figured out how to get to the Olympics and make them pay for it. Elizabeth Sweeney. Here's the thing. She's 33, and her mom's Venezuelan. Her parents are Hungarian. So she figures, you know what? I've been freestyle skiing since 2013 to figure out how to get into the 2018 Olympics. Uh, I've been skiing for a full five years. She's like, I can I, make the Olympics. I bet I can do this. <laughs> so Not a lot of competition in Hungary and... Hungary. Uh, she... Uh, <laughs> She tries to. You've been hanging around Pursuta too long. J- yeah, that is a Pursuitism. Mm-hmm. Uh, she tries to make the Venezuelan squad camp. So she figures out because her parents, her grandparents are Hungarian, she joins the Hungarian team. She goes to these comp- competing, uh, these events where, where you can basically earn a qualifying spot onto a team. Now, in order to do that, basically, you can't finish last. You have to finish right. like, you know, in a certain Top percentage. 30. Or so what she would do is keep going to them and wait until she was at one of the qualifying events 
in Hungary. Or Hungary. Hungary. And she would wait until there was one where a bunch of people crashed. And then she would just do a nice, easy, safe run so that she wouldn't be like, you know, last. She needed to finish within the top 30 at these events. All right. So she finally did. She went to a Chinese event. She she finished 13th out of 15th, which is hilarious. So Not a few last. competitors pulled out of the Olympics be- because last. of injury. All right. And then there's limits on how many skiers from a single country can compete in the same event. So that took other guys out of it who might have done way better. And because of some arcane reallocation rules within the Hungarian Ski Federation designed to balance men's and win- women's competitors, she figured out that's how she could get in and do her fake run in <laughs> Pyeongchang. The Denver Post reported about it. Deadspin had a good recap. Some competitive skiers are less than thrilled with Sweeney's presence at the games. <laughs> now, if you, if you haven't seen it, she goes down the half pipe like... A, like a like a I don't know seven year old, yeah, she barely de- leaving the pipe at any point. Almost doesn't make the turns. <laughs> so the skiers are pissed. A slope style judge explained how it worked. The field is not that deep in the women's pipe, and she went to every World Cup where there were only twenty four, twenty five, or twenty eight women. She would compete with them consistently over the last couple of years, and sometimes girls would crash. So she wouldn't end up dead last. There's going to be changes in the World Cup quote, World Cup quotas and qualifying to be eligible for the Olympics going forward. Those things are in the works. So technically, you need to qualify up through the system. She's like the Rudy Rudiger of the Olympics. She had no business in going. That the best is Rudy. Rudy. Did you hear the actual play-by-play of her going down? <laughs> no, but I'd love to. It's really like. Um, I mean, they're not going. What is happening here? You know what I mean? They're they're just kind of going. Here she was goes. her score She's... five? No, she got tens and thirties, and like it was crazy. Just it was nuts to me that that many that they weren't freaking out on the broadcast because she was clearly uh, like the, the crowd was in shock. They're like, was she injured? What happened? I mean, people are doing back to back ten eighties. Yeah. You know, open side fakies, McTwists, What's her name? flips. Uh, her, she was doing. Her name is Elizabeth Sweeney. Slight turns. <laughs> her name is Elizabeth Sweeney. And uh, people are, are, the athletes, as you can imagine, super pissed. Now, the best part is she gets to the bottom of the hill and she raises her hands up in the air like she just won Victory! a gold medal. Yeah! Victory! We did it! It's so good. We didn't come in last. You know what this reminds me of? Did, do you remember the Summer Olympics when there was that fat Ethiopian swimmer? <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody else remember this? I don't remember that. He was like Vaguely. way overweight. And I'm thinking like, wow, like this guy looks fat, but what if he's like super fast in the pool? He got lapped. Like it wasn't even close. He lost by two lengths of a pool. But how, like... Here's what it sounded like, by the way, when she was uh, rolling there. Oh, it's not working for some reason. I'm not sure why. Um, how much money do you have if you're able to just travel around the world? A lot. Going to World Cup. Yeah, this is it's like. Not cheap. It's not cheap to go to the Olympics. Yeah. I, I kinda, Dude, she trolled the Olympics, and it's funny as hell. But she, she can't do any tricks. No, nothing. 
Like legit. We're not we're not exaggerating. She did not do one trick. No, she she's an <laughs> average skier at best. She would she's what you would call uh uh you know the what's the way? She's a, I, a rental racer is what I would a call hack? her. Yeah, she's a total hack. If a it, fraud it would be like if if a skier at Seven Springs or Wisp or one of these local mountains like just broke into the half pipe but didn't know what it was but wanted to just try it. That's what their run would look like. I half do like her for, for gaming the system and figuring I mean, it's, out. It's hilarious. But also I'm a little bit like uh, some rich girl gets to go make Buy fun of the Olympics, the all these kids who bust their ass to get there. Well, she found the loophole because we were watching the Olympics, and I don't know if you guys have noticed this as well, but like everybody's falling. Like people are just wiping out. I don't know if the competitors aren't as good as they've been in years past or if the conditions are just horrible in South Korea. There was I a, know it was super cold. Everybody's falling. There's a Swiss skier that fell like 15 feet to the to the ground off the half pipe, like a bad fall. Oh, yeah. Yesterday. Well, that Japanese girl, the snowboarder, pretty much looked like she died. She Eesh. had to be like lifelighted out of there. It is funny. Someone pointed out yesterday, like the difference between summer Olympians and winter Olympians. Like the summer Olympians are always like, you know, I grew up poor and it was all I could do. I just, I just ran. I mean, that's what we did. We were just runners, and you know, it's always these like tales of desperation. And then like the winter Olympics, like she grew up in Vail. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> like, I grew up in Snowmass. I remember my first por- first pair of Solomons that my mm, parents bought me. Her parents sacrificed by sending their nanny to go get her from practice <laughs> every day. Val, what do you got coming up? We're going to talk about which um, astrological sign is most likely to cheat. Plus, we're sending, uh, well, not sending, we're going to be talking to Tim Liebarger, who is the guy that put together NeighborhoodArchive.com. That is the, the, the Wikipedia for Mr. Rogers. It chronicles every episode of Mr. Rogers. And he did this of his own volition, on his own time. He's just a fan. Tim Leibarger, that's coming up at 7.15 as we celebrate 50 years of Mr. Rogers here in the Berg. Central 11. It's 60 now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Giant Eagle Curbside Express. The man accused of fatally shooting New Kensington police officer last year will be formally arraigned today. Investigators say 29-year-old Rockmail Holt of Natrona fired at Shaw, uh, Officer Shaw as he chased him down the street following a traffic stop. Holt went on the run for four days until police finally caught up with him. Prosecutors say they are seeking the death penalty. Scientists are creating human-sheep hybrids as part of an effort to produce human organs in animals. Yeah. could lead to creating organs for transplants in people. Researchers from the University of California, Davis, and Stanford say their work could one day help supply organs for the more than 100,000 Americans who need life-saving organ transplants. You know, all those sickos that used to have sex with sheep were like, that's what I was trying to do this whole time. That's <laughs> West Virginia no different. has Just been on making... the forefront of organ donation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll donate my organ, right? To this sheep, <laughs> how'd you uh, how'd you feel about having like a, a pig bladder? What? I, think, I don't know something. You I know, think whatever. my mom had a pig valve. Did she really? I, I think she did, if I remember correctly. They, I didn't realize they were doing that. Yeah, a pig valve. Mm-hmm. I mean, it depends on how bad you need one. You know, if you're 
going to die if you don't get it, then yeah. Yeah, I don't care. I mean, I guess probably be easier to have a pig than another person's. My memory could be failing me, but I know that that was at least an op- uh, a chance that she could do, like, metal. I don't know what they make them out yeah. of. Yeah. Or a pig valve. <laughs> it sounds like it was just some, like, you know, doc- some, some doctor up in Franklin who's like, well, <laughs> hey, we were- I could give you the fancy- <laughs> Uh, aluminum one we there, were, marketing. It was big time. We got a copper one. We've been working out back with this pig. <laughs> uh, just in time for Easter, pancakes and syrup peeps are a thing, which Ugh. made me think, why do they have to mess with a traditional with a thing like this? Sure. Yeah, Stop messing with my peep. There are a lot of different peeps, because I looked it up. There's vanilla cream, orange sherbet, blueberry, strawberry, chocolate dipped, Neapolitan, and triple chocolate. How about this? They're all disgusting. Isn't it just sugar flavored? <laughs> it's just whipped sugar. It's nasty. I've never seen somebody eat more than one peep. It's always like, oh, this is fun. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, I'm surprised like the millennials haven't had the peep challenge yet. Like to crush, I don't know. 20 peeps in a minute or something like that. Start butt-chugging peeps. But if they start butt-chugging peeps, I'm out. (laughs) I'm out. I'm done. I am checking out. I am out of society. I'm off the internet. I'm going straight Ted Kaczynski minus the bombs. Wash it down with a couple Tide Pods. Yeah. See what happens. I saw Also, the Tide Pod thing, I really don't think that's a thing. I think everybody's making a big deal. I don't know. How many, what, a couple hundred idiots wanted to get on YouTube? But it isn't (laughs) like everyone's like, dude, do you have any Tide Pods? Like, kids aren't jonesing to eat Tide Pods. Like, how could you choke that down? It's nasty. It's just stupid. I've seen some of the videos because I was like, people can't really be doing this. They're doing it. It's not any stupider than anything. People have done stupid stuff forever. All all of mankind. It's just the latest stupid thing. Like It's nothing to bemoan the fate of humanity or anything. There are other reasons to do that. What was the last one? The cinnamon challenge? People were eating cinnamon? Spoonful of cinnamon. (laughs) That one was killing people. That can mess with you. That one's actually dangerous. It can really screw up your uh, respiratory system. They said the Tide one is too. Because it's poison. But I really don't think there was a ton of people doing it. Like, cinnamon sounds innocuous. Like, it might be funny. Like the rice cake challenge. Something like that. What's a rice cake challenge? You try to eat, like, a sleeve of rice cakes in, I can't remember what the time is, Mm -hmm. but, like, your mouth just gets so dry and you're just, like, (laughs) coughing out, like, you know, just like big resin hits of <laughs> uh, of rice cake because <laughs> you can't wash it down at all, you know, so your mouth gets pretty dry. <laughs> Dating or married to a Capricorn? Well, listen up. According to data from Ashley Madison, which, if you don't know, is a dating site for married people who want to cheat, they say Capricorns are the most likely sign to cheat. Capricorns make up the majority of Ashley Madison users. Those birthdays fall between December 22nd and January 19th. Uh, Just, you know, food for thought. Maybe people logging on the I'm going to cheat website are picking a birthday that's 1-1-whatever. They're not (laughs) really putting their own birthday in there. What about December 22nd or 23rd or 24th or 25th? I mean, that all fits in there. But my point is, is that I don't think, you know, I don't know how many of them are falling in the December realm. Well, according to the site, after uh, the Capricorn, the rest of the top five cheating signs are Aquarius, Pisces, Taurus, and Cancer. 
So all of them. Got it. <laughs> well, how many are there? One, two, know. there's five. I'm a Libra. That's not a Libra. Do you list. believe in that? Do you believe in your astrological sign actually uh, ascribing personality traits to you based on when you were born? I don't know. Do you? No. I don't do like the <laughs> daily No, I chart, don't read but it some either. Of the, some of the characteristics I've been like, oh, yeah, that, that's me. But then I look at all of them. Like if you took away the sign at the top and just started reading them, you'd be like, yeah, that sounds like me to any of them. To any of them. You can read any. If a Capricorn reads a Taurus, it'll make sense to them. Like I'm a Libra, which is the sign is the scales. Mm-hmm. And I You're think balanced. I'm, yeah, I think I'm kind of fair to, I try to be fair to everybody. Yeah, you are. Except yourself. That's the only thing that I... I had the used Except to have Tim this, who has to get haircuts in the garage. <laughs> I used to have this big book of birthdays and it would go through every day of the year and tell you, if you were born on this day, this is what your personality is. I you know I was born at eleven fifty nine. Ooh, you just made it. Well, they they were like, Do you want do you want to wait? <laughs> Push him back in. And he can be born the next day or whatever. And it was my uncle's birthday the next day. Uh-huh. So, you know, and my I think my dad probably had money on that day in the in the baby <laughs> pool. He's like, push him out, push him out, way out. Yank him out. Yeah. Uh, but that does, I don't believe if I were born two minutes later, I was going to all of a You'd sudden have different yeah. a different dynamic. Right. right. And I'm not sure if this woman was married to any of those astrological signs, but a Texas woman capped off her recent garage sale by torching the wedding dress from her failed marriage. Brianna Barksdale put an ad in Craigslist to sell off her ex's possessions when he dragged his feet, getting them out of the house they once shared. The 34-year-old said she was celebrating her divorce and intended to go out with a bang after unloading his PlayStation, electronics, and, quote, Pretty much everything it takes to keep a lazy, worthless human being in a state of comfort for a year. (laughs) That's awesome. She offered free mimosas and donuts to everybody who showed up and asked those who came to just stick around and help her burn her wedding dress, uh, which she did at the end of the day. And why didn't that wedding happen? No, the wedding happened. It was a divorce. Or the divorce. Okay. So uh, a friend of mine who did not get married but was in a long-term relationship had one of those like she just trashed all of his stuff. Threatened it like uh, yeah, but it, he deserved it. One thousand percent deserved it. Um, but what are you I, talking? Bleach the clothes, just everything. Baseball I, bat to the TV. Yeah, I won't even go into it. It was it was it was extensive. It was cr- creative in some respects. <laughs> but the amount of women that were like treated her like she was like the Thelma queen. and Louise. <laughs> <laughs> they, she she was like a hero. They're all like, yes, yes. I would never do that, but yes. <laughs> so a, excited. I had a friend who did that after a breakup too, and I laughed so hard the way she was describing what she did. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it has to be cathartic <laughs> to just like trash the person's belongings. Uh. Michael Jackson's family is not happy with comments made by Quincy Jones during a recent interview. In an interview with Vulture, Jones claimed Jackson stole a lot of songs, including Billie Jean and Donna Summer's State of Independence, adding that Michael was Machiavellian and greedy. Page Six reports Michael's dad, Joe Jackson, said Jones was jealous of Michael because he's never worked with someone with all that talent. Uh, he said well, if some, if anyone... Actually. He said if anyone was responsible for stealing, it would have been Jones, who was the producer for both songs. Other relatives say they believe Jones has been carrying a vendetta against Michael for years. They say it all began when the two disagreed on whether Quincy deserved a shot at a Grammy for having produced the 82 smash hit album Thriller. Don't forget, 
I mean, Michael Jackson befriended Paul McCartney, got him to tell him how much he was going to bid on the Beatles catalog, and then outbid him and never talked to him again. Mm -hmm. Took all the Beatles songs. After so Michael Jackson was a pretty pretty shrewd guy. That bond on say 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 just didn't. Wasn't it ruined real. it. Wasn't real. I know they were so happy together in that little wagon riding around the back country, putting with on Linda, putting on the shows with Linda. Yeah, it's like the songs are mine. Didn't they? No, do- they're mine. <laughs> no, they're mine. Mine, mine, mine. Yeah, the girl is mine and mm-hmm. say 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 right. Yep. Oh man, Michael totally ruined that just so he could make a billion dollars more. And build a straight-up fun park on his property. I heard Macaulay Culkin do an interview. Uh, he did the Mark Maron, Maron podcast, and he talked a little bit about his relationship with him. And it was, he was just like him, hey, and he was, I got nothing bad to say. Like, he was actually a great guy. Never did anything to yeah, him. Yeah, so. I know he's very protective of Paris. Big time, yeah. He said he's, he was like, I'll come out punching. Mm-hmm. He's like, that's my, you know, my niece, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but at any rate, I don't know. I being mad at Quincy Jones seems to be kind of pointless. How is Joe Jackson? Is Joe Jackson still alive? I guess. Oh so. yeah, that's unbelievable. Forecast today: windy and unseasonably warm. Seventy-five for the high, dropping to sixty overnight tonight. It's sixty-two now at DVE. So it, literally, figuratively, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Perfect day to have our next guest on in uh, our celebration of fifty years of Mister Rogers. It was great to read about this in the Post Gazette yesterday. Tim Liebarger joining us right now from Neighborhood Archive. Sorry, dot com. Tim, good morning. How are you, man? Hey, good morning, guys. Nice to be here. So, all right, you're from Illinois, and you were a big, big fan of Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. Uh, and so, uh, ask me this, or answer this for me, if you could. Don't ask me this. Uh, <laughs> how in the hell did you <laughs> put together the archive for every single episode? Oh, man. I'll tell you what. It started out about not quite 10 years ago, a little about nine years ago. Um, I was looking for some information online about a record that I had when I was a kid. Okay. And I, I thought, surely there's some sort of, like, all-encompassing Mr. Rogers site out there that's going to take me two seconds to find this information, and I'm going to be on my way. And there was nothing. There was nothing out there. And I thought that was a horrible shame, uh, just a, kind of an injustice to this guy and his, yeah. his you know, decades-long career that was, you know, so influential worldwide. And it was a void in the internet that I felt like needed to be filled, and I figured who else to do it than me, I guess. So I just started it as a uh, just a general blog, um, and, and it snowballed immediately. Um, people started stumbling across it and uh, submitting more information, and it just took off. And so it kind of turned into a little hobby on the side, and then it just continued to grow and grow and grow. And here we are nine years later, and it is what it is now. Before, I love that your wife called it a hobby that got out of control. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. She... Uh, you know, she she does a good job of humoring me in my hobby here. But you know, I, I say everybody's got their thing. You know, some people garden, some people you know do woodworking, and I guess I watch Mister Rogers. Before we get too too far into the Mister Rogers stuff, I just want to ask you about being a guy who chronicles something on the web. Do you now have a special appreciation for other sites that do this? Do you do you consider yourself a member of this club? Does it make you want to do it again for for like another show or a, or, or some? No, sort of- no, ab- absolutely not. There's just not enough time in the day. You know, I think there's a lot of a lot of topics out there that you know people are passionate about, and I feel like if that's something that you know is 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 something that people if there's if they have a passion and there's not something out there for them, start it. You know, create it. Right. You know, that's that's kind of what I did. Um, but as far as, you know, me taking on other things, absolutely not. You know, I've got, you know, a wife, three kids, a job, um, on top of all of this, there's just not enough time in the day. Okay. So how many episodes are there total? 
895. And how did you get a copy of every episode? Um, just working in, in partnership with um, the Fred Rogers Company there in Pittsburgh. Okay, so you did work with them. They they were sending you the the copies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we had a we have a a good partnership. Uh, they've been very helpful, very cooperative um, in um, in helping me build what we've built. You know, I think it's a tool that that they're using. Other people are using uh, just as much as the average fan is using. So I have binge watched a lot of stuff now because of Netflix and and watching yeah. some of the old TV shows that I I used to love. In succession, I've noticed new things about them. Was there anything about Mr. Rogers that you noticed by watching them concurrently over time? Was there a, was something that people might not have picked out? I'll tell you what, that's what's fascinating to me about, about that show is just how calculated everything was and how consistent it was to where if you go back and you watch some of those earlier episodes, even the ones in black and white from the late 60s and then uh, you know as they turned to color in the early 70s, his the only thing that really changed was him physically. You know, they, they, of course, they painted some walls here and there and moved some furniture around and things like that. But his his message never changed. You know, it was the same message that he presented um, in the late '60s that he presented in 2001 when the show wrapped up. And so, you know, is is there a major difference from start to finish? There, there's little ones here and there, but it, you know, that's what's fascinating is there's very little difference. Tim, I remember growing up as a kid and watching that show and driving past his house on Beechwood Boulevard and Squirrel Hill and thinking that this was such a a localized program. Mm-hmm. I, to to hear that it affected you is one thing, but I'm sure that you've heard that it's affected people. Like, what what is the furthest distance that you've run into somebody that said, "Oh my God, Mister Rogers changed my life" or Im- inspired me at a young age? Yeah, you know, I, I hear from people uh, from all over the place. Most of it's centralized here in the States, but um, I'm able to kind of track the, the traffic that the website that I do gets. And um, yesterday I had two people in Southern Africa, you know, that were that were using the site. Now those might be, you know, Americans who have relocated or, or, or whatever the case is. But, um, I mean, every continent has been accounted for at some point. <laughs> so, um, so, so he's affected people worldwide for a long, yeah, long time. I mean, yeah. uh, one of the things about it, I, I always marveled at how he was in, able to incorporate musical guests mm-hmm. uh, constantly. Who were some of the most uh, or more unusual guests that people may have forgotten about? Well, of course, you know, everybody remembers Yo-Yo Ma and, uh, you know, some of the, the more common or the, mm-hmm. you know, some of the clips that you see on YouTube a lot. You know, I think some of the more fascinating ones were the, you know, sometimes he would get members of the Pittsburgh community that, that were just uh, people he knew or people he knew of mm-hmm. you know, that uh, that were involved in arts there in Pittsburgh, and they would come on and they might play um, a homemade instrument they had made or something like that. Right. Or he might he might have a child come on and play the piano for a while. And I, you know, I think that served a lot of different purposes. Um, and so I think I think once he got, you know, he w- he would bring on those famous names occasionally. But I think more importantly, he would bring on people who were just your your average everyday musicians. Did it ever seem like there was an episode where he was having a bad day? <laughs> if he did, he covered it up really well. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you that because I mean, he's, he, he's, it was so consistent. Every, every episode is so consistent from one to the other, and so I mean, I'm sure just like everybody, he had his days that were good and days that he wasn't on, and uh, and if he if he did, he he covered it up well. How long did this take you? <laughs> Almost um, 900 episodes. I mean, that's ridiculous. It, yeah, I, I wrapped up the episode portion of it um, just this past December, and then I had started it roughly nine years earlier. So it took wow. me about nine years, and so I would go through stretches where I would just just hammer it, you know, and, and, <laughs> and cover a bunch in, in a short span. And then there'd be there'd be times where I would go a month and not cover any episodes. So, um, and so at, at different paces over the course of nine years. 
So neighborhoodarchive.com is where people can go. Each yep. episode is chronicled, and you maintain the site still. Did and you did you get screen grabs from all the episodes and stuff, or did you just is it just all like raw data? Like it's, no, it's, it's uh, there's screenshots from each episode, probably about a dozen from each one on there. Uh, there's descriptions of each episode of, of from start to finish. There's a list of the characters that appeared in each show, uh, each song that was sung in each show. Um, if there's a special guest that was on that episode, they're listed there as well. And then I've got a section on each episode. Um, yeah. If there's any special notes, you know, if there's anything that stands out to look for or any mistakes that were made or anything like that, that, that would be fun to watch for. It is remarkable when you look at this. I mean, I'm sure maybe something like this could survive on Disney or uh, Nickelodeon or, or one of the, the kids' channels these days. But, boy, I don't think anything this innocent would stick around uh, very long, much less, uh, you know, for 900-plus episodes. I just clicked sure. on episode 14. For the description, and it's like, Mr. McFeely stops by with a baby chimpanzee named Honey. According to Mr. McFeely, <laughs> Honey's been misbehaving at the zoo. Zookeeper requested to be brought to Mr. Rogers, because that's what the zookeeper would do. He'd be like, this thing's acting up. Get him to Fred Rogers and have him whip him into shape. <laughs> and then he's saying, I like you as you are. <laughs> that's just, you know, reading the, reading the description actually makes me feel kind of good. Uh, and then you have all of the guests in each, uh, or, or cast members that appear in every episode. This is pretty remarkable, man. God. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, Tim Leibarger, he is the archivist, neighborhoodarchive.com. And have you made a pilgrimage to Pittsburgh? I have. I've been there a, a few times. Actually, I was just there last weekend. Oh, okay, cool. So I'm sure this is a, this 50th anniversary celebration uh, is a big deal for you. It is. You know, yesterday on social media was a lot of fun, just, you know, checking in once in a while and just seeing all, everybody you know, sharing their thoughts, their memories, uh, just general comments, you know, because everybody's got their Mr. Rogers story, whether it's, um, you know, something very personal or whether it's just yeah. having watched him as a kid. Everybody's got a Mr. Rogers story. And you're now a guidance counselor for a high school in Illinois? I am, yeah. I'm a high school counselor. How much did uh, Mr. Rogers play a role in you helping to guide the future of kids? You know, I, t I tell you what, I wouldn't say directly, but, you know, I, I think about that sometimes. You know, indirectly, is that something that shaped kind of who I became as, a, as an adult, you know, having grown up watching watching a neighborhood show, or is it just one of those things I'm trying to make fit? Um, I, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was a direct influence. Mm -hmm. um, but, no, I, I mean, his message is, to me is, is as much applied to myself and adults now as it was to kids back when I was growing up in the late 70s and early 80s. You know, I think it's... It's a message that we can all hear, a message of acceptance and peace and love and self-value and self-worth um, that every adult longs to hear that as much as every kid longs to yeah. hear that. This is so amazing. Th that yeah, episode thank you for doing all this work, man. This is incredible. Oh, I appreciate that. No, it's a lot of fun. That episode 14, I just happened to click on like one of the notes. This is really set up like IMDb. Like There's just a profile for every single episode. And there's the Surratt painting uh, that's shared by Professor Fitzpatrick is the one from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah. Like, oh, really? Yeah, that's just in that episode. That's just, oh, man, there was so much great stuff in this back then. Well, hey, thanks again. As, as uh, Bill said, uh, we needed somebody to do this. for. So thanks uh, for stepping up to the plate for us here, Tim. Oh, we course, appreciate it, man. Have a great time doing it. Pittsburgh, thanks you. Tim Leibarger, neighborhoodarchive.com. Thanks, man. All right, thanks. All right, we'll see you. That guy should never buy a sweater when he comes here. <laughs> I mean, seriously, think about how, like, what you'll never buy a sweater in Pittsburgh again. I got you. What do you want? Cardigan? Huh? Sure. Get him a cardigan. Cashmere? We do the cashmere. It's really, uh, it's really cool. If you were a big fan of the show, then this is invaluable. Neighborhoodarchive.com. All right, Mike's coming in next.
sports for you here. What are the Pens going to do? They got a week to kind of hang out, not playing until Friday. But uh, Jim Rutherford, uh, his wheels uh, are spinning right now. So, Michael, uh, give you the latest. And also, Jesse James feels vindicated. We'll explain what that's all about coming up. DVE. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. You went to Columbus to see the Pens take on the uh, the Blue Jackets? I did. Just a uh, little boondoggle. Go sit in the seats and uh, have a few beers and uh, watch some hockey and catch up with some family and... Uh, if you were there or if you watched that on TV, you saw pretty much what you've been seeing from the Penguins. 16-4-1 since January the 2nd after that 5-2 victory in Columbus on Sunday night. And uh, what you're seeing of late with the Penguins, they're not just winning games. They are winning games the way they're going to have to continue to play to continue winning games. Mike Sullivan's pretty happy right about now. You know, we've said to our team all year long, we're not going to score our way to a championship. We've we've got to make sure that we become more difficult to play against. We've got to defend. You know, we, we've got to we've got to be responsible in our own end zone. We've got to be responsible in all three zones, both with the puck and without the puck. And, and the way we're set up right now, we think it brings that balance to it to each and every line we have. Yeah, Jackets wound up with 37 shots, but not a lot of quality scoring opportunities. And the Penguins jumping ahead early and staying in control throughout. Uh, Mike Sullivan pretty pleased uh, with that development. He's happy with the way his team is embracing the challenge of these games, and uh, he's happy that uh, the Penguins getting to their game is starting in the defensive end. I thought, especially in the in the first part of the game tonight, I thought we did a real good job coming out of our end zone. We made some when the plays were there to be made. We we made them. We held on to pucks. Uh, we didn't just slap it around the wall, or uh, you know, we and and the support was there. You know, they they have a uh, they have a scheme, a breakout scheme that 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 we all know and practice every day. And you know, you could see the elements in there, and the puck support is a big part of that if we're going to keep the puck. And, when the opportunities weren't there, when Columbus had a heavy forecheck or they had an opportunity to put us under pressure, we made simple plays. And we sometimes you got to use the glass, or you got to you got to rim the puck and, and and maybe chip it into the neutral zone. And it's recognizing the difference of when we can keep it and make a play, and when we need to simplify it and just and just try to play in the neutral zone. I think that's an important part of our game. I, I I've been a big believer that our ability to come out of our end zone is critically important to our overall game. It sets up our whole game and and when we support the puck like we did coming out, especially the first half of the game, uh, I think that's when our team's at its best. Good players playing the right way, making intelligent decisions. Not playing safe, but not playing reckless. Mm -hmm. And when they get that all working at the same time, they are formidable. Now, do they become even more formidable by next Monday, the trade deadline. Stay tuned. Jim Rutherford has been known to make a deal or two in his uh, brief but also successful so tenure what, as GM. So what do you think happens? Shane has been great lately. Does he judge it on how he's been uh, you know, in the last couple of months? Does he take it all into account? Does he think he's trending in the right direction? Or does depth play a bigger role no matter what? He's playing great. That's great. But we're going to need someone else anyway. Yeah, I think, I think they're going to add some depth. Um, and a winger's not... It might gonna... not be anything that makes you do a backflip or, or makes you think that their chances are exponentially better. Although a couple of big names are at least being talked about for what that's worth. Broussard. Uh, Broussard and uh, Michael Grabner, according to Jason Mackey in the Post-Gazette today, 
Uh, the Rangers are fire sailing it, and Grabner's, Grabner's available. He is a free agent to be, so he's a rental. But the Rangers gotta, aren't going to give the Penguins anything. I don't know. I don't know. Do they just say screw it and take the best deal? And if the Penguins give them the best deal, they deal with Pittsburgh? He is a rental, so there's no guarantee he would be with Pittsburgh next year. They gave us Haglin, didn't they? That worked out pretty well for us. Maybe even a Ron Hainsey type. I'm not saying he needs another defenseman, but just mm-hmm. a depth guy that, uh, hey, if he ends up playing, he's not going to get you beat. And and you don't think it's going to be a center? Oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't know what's available, what's going to happen at the, at, at the end. I don't think they're in desperate need to get something, but I think it's prudent to add depth. And if, if that's all you want to do, you can do that relatively easily. A Grabner or Broussard is a, is a more difficult proposition. The one thing I wouldn't do is mess with the current mix. Right. I think you want to Take add off the current roster. You, you want to give up draft picks, prospects, whatever. Uh, don't trade Ian Cole for something, for example. Because that's just kind of spinning your wheels to me. But uh, Jim Rutherford's pretty good at this. We shall see. They are uh, they're going crazy about Shane and, and how that's worked out eventually. Not Immediately, but eventually, as they hoped it would, that he's another one of those reclamation projects mm-hmm. that you know wasn't happening for him for whatever reason where he was. But you bring him here, you put him in a little different situation with some different people around him, and they hope to get better than what the guy had shown previously. And that is the case with uh, Riley Shane, who had uh, a couple more goals in Columbus on Sunday. Team USA beat Slovakia five to one. Last night, the U.S. advances to the quarterfinals in the Olympic tournament to take on the Czech Republic. And uh, one of the interesting stories, uh, at least from my perspective, is the goaltender for Team USA, Ryan Zapolsky, kid from Erie, Pennsylvania, kid from your high school, Randy, mm-hmm. Cathedral Prep. And a guy who basically uh, was not uh, front and center ever until now. He uh, kicked around the East Coast Hockey League. He wound up in the KHL in Russia. This after three years at Mercyhurst as uh, the starting goaltender, uh, a college tenure that started basically with Sapolsky kind of talking his way onto the team. Here's uh, Sapolsky's coach at Mercyhurst, Rick Gotkin, remembering how uh, Ryan Sapolsky got from Mercyhurst to the Olympic Games. You know, we basically said, Ryan, we'd love to have you, but you're probably going to just be our third string goalie practice guy. And, you know, you won't uh, won't probably play too much. And, and he basically said, hey, listen, I have no problem starting off as a, as a third goalie, but, you know, I, I think I'm going to be able to battle for a, a starting role. And uh, the rest is history. You know, he came in. Uh, he's a great kid. He worked hard. The opportunity presented itself to, to Ryan uh, through injury. And from the Mercyhurst side of things, uh, he never looked back. You know, he had three really, really good years for us. And he's one of those guys, ironically, that, uh, uh, and I'm sure you've seen it with other college players, he's actually had a better pro career uh, than a college career. 
you know, there are, there are certain kids uh, in, in every position that just seem to figure it out as they play at the professional level. Um, and uh, uh, Ryan was certainly a, a good goaltender for us. Uh, he When he left, he, he bounced around at seven or eight different East Coast Hockey League teams. Never played a game in the American Hockey League. Certainly never played a game in the National Hockey League. So he's quite a story, I think, for anybody that uh, uh, thinks about, uh, you know, if I just work hard and stay positive and, uh, you know, do enough little things, uh, I think he's a great example of that. That's kind of what the Olympics are supposed to be about, right? Somebody setting a goal for themselves and working hard to achieve it and not being detracted or uh, deterred by the hurdles to come up in your way and you just keep your head down and keep working and sometimes you get there. Yeah, I like that note about, you know, sometimes people figure it out in the pros because Antonio Brown, I think, and, and like exemplifies that more than anybody. It's a very good example. Brian Rust is a very good example of that. He was a good college player. Tom Brady's turned a, out pretty good in the pros. Yeah, that's way better pro than I thought. Pretty good. Tom Brady's <laughs> overachieved based on his sixth round status. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Team USA is playing uh, the Czech Republic tonight, 10-10. Hagelin went through Anaheim first. Oh, that's right. Then came here. Producer Joe with uh, gets the assist on that one. Well, but he was with the Rangers. Too. He was, but the point being, they didn't. They didn't directly give him. With oh, I got you. With yeah, the Penguins. Yeah, I, yeah. Which I was in Mackey's uh, discussion in the Post Gazette yesterday with uh, Rutherford. He he made note of the fact that Rutherford's like, uh, if they're made available to the Penguins, intimating that there are teams who are like, no, we're not giving you. No, guys we're not anything. doing this again. We don't want any part of this. We're yeah. not going to make you better. I would think that would apply less with the rental guy. And it's not like the Rangers are going to play the Penguins in the playoffs. Possibly. Because they're not going to make it. Pretty um, pretty great Friday night. The Shear the Beard 8 event went down at Jurgles. I'll, I'm going to tell you what happened because James Harrison was there. So I want to tell you how Steeler Ooh. fans reacted to that. And Jesse James speaks out uh, about how he kind of feels vindicated is probably the wrong word, but uh, a load was taken off of him. When the Patriots lost the Super Bowl, he's finally talking about the catch that wasn't. <laughs> Val's got news top of the hour. What do you got? We're going to talk about uh, one farmer who is sure a porn star made his crops grow bigger. Also, Fergie inspiring us to remember the worst all-time renditions of the national anthem and Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang at 840. Yeah, it's the DVE morning show. Friday night was Shear the Beard 8. Now, Brett Kiesel enlisted the help of Phil Bork. So there were two beards being sheared that night, and uh, all-star cast on hand to shear that beard. And a sold-out crowd. Sold out. Sold out. And it was rabid. Like, it, I know I knew that this was what was going to happen, but it still amazes me. To walk into a room with, you know, several hundred people screaming their heads off in late February <laughs> for a guy who hasn't played in five years. Um, oh, the pictures look incredible. It was packed. People were. <laughs> it, it, it's just this Pittsburgh celebration. It really is a lot of fun. So, of course, uh, there was a great band there that night uh, playing and uh, totally 90s. And they were like the house band for the night. And he had uh, uh, Brett. And then we did the, uh, the, the Fear the Beard song because that's like his course. calling. No, that, that's his, uh, his, his intro song. It's his walk the line. Yeah. Um, and then he picked up the guitar and played a song, and he wrote new lyrics to it. He played um, My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys, but he changed it to Steelers. 
So Kiesel all of a sudden becoming a little bit of a crooner. Look at this. Before we go on, I'm upstairs getting my uh, directions. Do this, do that, don't do this, don't do that. Can't you read the sign? And James Harrison walks into the room. I'm like, oh, boy. Debo is here. And, you know, he's really close with Brett's family, so he's hanging out and saying hi to everybody, uh, playing with the kids and stuff. And in my head, I'm just thinking, like, what are these fans going to do? All the people who are pissed at him, all the stuff you read online, how do people really feel about James Harrison? Well, they brought out, you know, all of Brett's teammates through the years, current guys, too. Cam Hayward was there. Uh, you know, uh, Ben was there. He brought out some of his his buddies from back in the day, like Matt Spath. Sweesom was nice. there, too. Sweezy. Who I think every Steeler fan just feels terrible for because he had to play on a crappy field and it cost him his career in a game that didn't mean anything. And then they brought in the best kicker maybe they've ever had <laughs> shortly thereafter. Um, but, it, you know, Ligurski was there. The big Ligurski. How much camo? Ligurski. Get in I don't there. think he was wearing any camo. Camo shorts and camo hat? No? May, he might have had camo pants on. I didn't I didn't notice at the time. Moats was there. I saw pictures Arthur of Moats. Charlie Batch. Here, here's the thing. Mel frickin' Blunt is there. And everybody was walking onto the stage via an introduction from Brett. So Brett and Borky are sitting in their barber chairs with their cape on, and everybody's coming up and, like, taking hacks off the beard, and he's introducing them one by one. Mel Blunt just walks on stage. Well, Mel Blunt needs no introduction. <laughs> so he got one. None. And so he's already out there, and then Brett's just kind of like, oh, Mel Blunt, everybody. And I didn't think people understood. I'm like, that's Mel Blunt. This place should... I mean, everybody should be screaming at the top of their lungs. And he came out, and he just he was goofing around. I mean, so Brett stands up next to, you know how big Brett is, and he stands up next to Mel Blunt. Mel Blunt is a just a brick bleep house. It is insane how big that guy is still. They had to change the rules because he did what he did so well you couldn't pass the ball. <laughs> yeah. Just I, decapitate receivers. Just a little historical footnote. That, he yeah. was the best. But he walked off stage, and I'm like, you know, I just grabbed the mic. I'm like, hey, that was Mel Blunt, you know? Like, come on. Everyone go crazy. And people are like, Charlie Batch walks on stage. You would have thought Michael Jackson walked on stage. Unbelievable. The place went crazy. And this is nothing against Charlie Batch, but I wanted it to be commensurate for Mel Blunt. I'm like, come on. The applause meter should have gone to a, all the way to the top. It should have peaked out for Mel Blunt. I just don't ever want to get... This is not against Charlie Batch. There's, I just don't want to ever get to the point with Pittsburgh Steelers. We get to the point. Get to the point. We're, we're a Hall of Famers. Oh, ho, hum. Yeah. Well, they kind of you are kind of at yeah. that point. That's not, that's not okay yeah, with me. It's, not it's okay. There's too many of them, Randall. So then Can't swing a dead cat in this town without hitting a Hall of Fame. That's right. Everybody loves Charlie and with good reason, so he gets he gets a huge ovation. Uh, and then Debo comes out. He just walks on stage. I predicted that he would get booed from the balcony. Nope. No booze. Here's what happened. He walks out on stage, and everyone's like, oh! Kind of like, it reminded me of the first time I saw Shaq when I went down to Orlando Thunder, not Thunder, Orlando uh, Magic. Magic, Magic game, and he walked out of the locker room, and you're a little afraid at first. 
You're a little afraid. You're like, oh my God, he's enormous. So Harrison has that kind of effect. Was he wearing his Patriots 92 jersey? He was not. <laughs> he walks out and everyone's like, oh, kind of like a shock. Oh, look who showed up. And then it was just bedlam. People cheering and going nuts, flashes going. I mean, if there was any wonder how he would be treated by Steeler fans, it's erased. That guy, all is forgiven. I swear to God, they blame it all on Tomlin. They think he was right to engineer his own ousting out of here, and they don't care that he went there. Now, had they won the Super Bowl, would it be different? I think it might, yeah. I think it would be had different they, in different contexts, like him not coming out for this event for kids. Had they won the Super Bowl by going through Pittsburgh in the AFC Championship game, it would definitely be different. And he, no st- question about that. And he strip sacks Ben with <laughs> thirty-five seconds left to seal the deal. Yeah, that- was Tomlin there? Takes it to the house. Uh, Tomlin uh, was not there. A rare uh, no-show uh-huh. from Coach Tomlin. He was scheduled to be there. Something must come up. Coach Mitchell was there. Or somebody, somebody's attendance prevented him from being there. Ooh, hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Like uh, maybe the guy you were just talking about. Hadn't thought of that. Coach Mitchell was there, and new offensive coordinator Randy Feekner was there. I don't think anybody knew that was the new offensive coordinator. No, they thought it was just some dude, some Yenzer who's. They thought he was stage. the guy replacing chicken fingers <laughs> on the stage. <laughs> you guys need more chicken fingers. <laughs> Is that the line cook? Uh-uh. That's our new O coordinator. I mean, look, that's my favorite thing about the guy. He is he's a regular Joe looking kind of guy. Oh, he's he's a pretty regular Joe. I got to say hi to him and meet him real quick. Seems seems like a nice guy. I still I'm I'm just trying to figure out why everybody's super excited that Todd Haley's gone for an unknown commodity. That's nothing against Randy Feigner, but well, cuz it's somebody to blame who's not here anymore. Right. So therefore you can Fast forward to now they'll never lose again because <laughs> Frank, the problem has been identified. The undefeated Fickner era has been ushered in. But the the uh, the crowd was, was awesome, and once again, Phil Bork was hilarious the whole night, too. And there Was uh, was Burkle there? He was hilarious, <laughs> but he wasn't there. But there was uh, some big-time donations coming in over the phone. They had one of the, the packages was they do two silent auction Packages for bed, and one was a Dana Heinze made a two niner nine niner penguin jersey. Oh, nice! And there were Sid signed gloves, a Latang signed skate or stick, rather, and a Penguins signed team photo. If you use that Latang stick in a game, it'll actually trip somebody. You don't even have to. <laughs> it went move. for ninety nine hundred bucks. Cindy wow. Citrone called it in. She couldn't be there, and she called it in. Pretty awesome. She helped us so much with uh, Children's Hospital. So generous. Radiothon this past year. What was so. the 9-9 or 2-9 jersey? Explain that a little bit. It had two small numbers. So it was like 2-9 and then underneath it 9-9. Or it might have been the other way around. But it was the 2-9 or 9-9 jersey. It was <laughs> that, definitely, sounds, that sounds like a... It was pretty unique. Quite a, it's quite pretty, an item for the... Uh, Collector. <laughs> Pretty so everyone's horrific. like bidding and they're like, 3000 bucks. It got up kind of high. And then we get a call for 9900 And everyone's like, whoa. And then I was like, do I hear 10? <laughs> 10. Let's keep it going. No? No. I don't hear that. <laughs> no. It was a quick end to everything. But they raised so much money. Brett Kiesel is a hero 
to those kids at Children's Hospital. And uh, he he's showing no signs of stopping. I told him, just get a pirate. They got to get Sean Rod to do it next year and then go to the Pittsburgh sports spectrum of beard shaving. Yeah, the only problem is they're down in Florida when this goes on. Well, you can schedule it earlier. It's been in different times in the past. So, you know, you, well, can you can't it. do it before the Super Bowl. In no, theory. you can do it after the Super Bowl, though. Why don't you stop being a killjoy and just I'm be not, like, just good idea. Why don't they to try work, to figure that out? They could, work it they out. could uh, shear his beard via Skype. Skype it. Skype the beard. Skype him in from Bradenton. Yeah. Good move. Or just bring McCutcheon and have him do it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's like, I'll shave salaries. <laughs> That's payroll. not the same. Hey, wait a minute. Shear the payroll. Yeah. Shear the payroll. The way ahead of the curve on this. <laughs> Good job, Brett Kiesel, and uh, great job by Michelle Rosenthal and everybody at Children's Hospital who put together a top-notch event that is so completely unique and so completely Pittsburgh. And no end in sight. And no well, end in sight, and I was proud to be a part of it. Steamrolling uh, forward for, the for another eight straight years. Year. Yeah, it's nuts. How about the beard, beard he can grow in a year? That beard looks like he's living in the mountains for, like, a decade. They clean-shaved Borky. And like an hour later, he was like, feel this, feel this. And it was like his beard was like going, <laughs> Fighting Argh! Argh! it was just pushing out again already. I'm like, dude, you're already, you're already <laughs> popping out a little bit there. And he's you like, actually, huh? you actually felt it. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't his package, dude. It was his, you know, it was his beard. Okay. I didn't, you yeah. know, it seems a little, bit- he did feel his package too, but that was unrelated. Hmm. <laughs> also shaved. <laughs> The two niner. Good on him. Val, what do you got coming up here? Uh, we're gonna talk about one farmer who says a porn star made his crops grow big. Also, the worst anthems of all time, inspired by Fergie's NBA All Star anthem. Did you hear that one, Mike? I did not. It is uh Do you wanna hear it? I mean, she really sounded like she was sexually excited do you have it randy uh i do have it well we're gonna do it we're gonna do a break we're gonna do some of the all-time worst for you and then we got hockey hall of famer mike lang and billy gardell joining us 9 a.m here on d there's 75 yeah 75 degrees Get the shorts out and you know it's sun's out guns out and the river levels are insane right now. Yeah, the point, well, I don't know if the point is still flooded. It was. It was flooded, yeah. And there was steam coming off the river last night, and, like, the, the waters had risen to the point where they were, like, looked like they were, like, going up against PNC Park, mm. like, almost about to overtake. It was very spooky, very cool looking. Well, it is 62 degrees now at DVE. President Trump is endorsing Mitt Romney's campaign for the Senate. The 2012 Republican presidential nominee and former Massachusetts governor launched his bid to replace outgoing Utah Senator Orrin Hatch. Trump took to Twitter to say Romney will make a great senator and worthy successor to Hatch. President added that Romney has his full support and endorsement. Mitt responded with, quote, thank you, Mr. President, for the support. I uh, hope that over the course of the campaign, I also uh, earn the support and endorsement of the people of Utah. Uh, the two have not always been pals <laughs> like they seem to be now. In the past, the two have called each other loser, phony, and con man, uh, I'm among a, others. I'm a cuck. Uh, <laughs> you said cuck, right? Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> Just making sure. You think Trump just wants to find out what the magic underpants are all about? That's, <laughs> that's what I think it is. 
<laughs> so what kind of magic are in know. them underpants? I could he use... already kind of made him do that walk of shame whenever he's oh. secretary of yeah. state. He dragged him. Dangling that out there in front so of him. To that weird dinner. I remember just still being so shocked by all of that. I was like, Darth Vader just took over. Oh, my God. Mitt Romney. The stuff that Mitt Romney said about him. Right. Insane that he would go lick his boots like that. Researchers at the University of California have found that carrying around a few extra pounds and drinking daily can actually cut your risk of premature death by around 10%. Told you. Study also found other activities that improve your chances of living longer include... And this one, I don't know how you could even do it. Spending at least two hours a day practicing a hobby. Tai Chi. I mean, who has two hours a day to devote to their hobbies? Tim Leibarger. <laughs> the guy who made the Mr. Rogers Neighborhood Archive. But if you think the, the average person who works nine no. to five gets home at six, dinner, kids, homework. Like, how do you If have you two have hour? kids, you work. Right. And that's it. You have work and you got kids. That's it. Every time I hear this stuff, I just feel so bad for people who have. I I know, you know, the schedules that you have to keep in order to be yeah. a parent. It's insane. They say you should exercise 30 minutes each day and drink coffee. I mean, how hard is it for you? You do a good job of fitting in at least enough time to, to exercise a little bit. Yeah. Got to get it done before. But, they get but that's a pain schedule. in the ass. Yeah, he does have a different schedule, too. I do. I'm very, very no, lucky with the schedule I have. I try to knock that out before um, before they get home from school. But, I mean, that's why we joined a gym with a daycare. Because we got to get that exercise in. I like that. And you get a babysitter. Yeah. And they they can do some of their homework in there. And then we go to the library a few days a week. And, you know, that has to be your hobby. Being a you good know, parent. I, I bet that if you couldn't afford a gym that has a daycare, you could just go work out at Curves and all the grandmothers working out there would be like, <laughs> oh, babies, and they would just take care of them. People, as we know, do extremely bizarre stuff on airplanes, but a woman on a flight from Turkey to Moscow took things to a new level. Passengers videotaped the woman actually drying a pair of underwear using the seat's overhead vent. Ugh. She held the underwear up there for about 20 minutes. Why were they wet? That is not okay. Alarming. <laughs> not okay. And I don't remember if we did this story before, but it sounds familiar, although it could have happened again. Uh, another airplane story, a pilot forced to make an emergency landing because his flight had too much gas and not the kind that makes the planes go in the air. The Transavia flight, which was headed from Dubai to Amsterdam, was diverted because a passenger described in news reports as elderly and obese could not stop farting. The man Elderly was, and obese. The man oh. was in a middle seat on a the deadly long combo. flight. He started pumping out the gas just a few minutes after takeoff. Two men in his road <laughs> demanded that he stopped, and then they uh. scuffled with him when he wouldn't. As a Stop result, farting, people! <laughs> Stop it! As a result, the pilot was forced to land in Vienna, Austria, where police escorted all three men and also two women off the plane. None of them was arrested, but Transavia imposed a permanent flight ban on four of them. First ballot Hall of Fame farter right the there. The farted guy. Garnell has a story about that. You bring a plane down? Legend. <laughs> Legend. 
A Metro Detroit man is upset that a porno was being shown on the television at a Burger King there when they went in for a bite to eat this weekend. Richard Avery says employees didn't do anything about it when they complained about the video, which his eight-year-old son spotted first. He and his wife are worried about the effect the video could have on one of their sons who has ADHD and a photographic memory. The corporate office for Burger King says the incident is being investigated and does not reflect the values of their brand. <laughs> really, they felt the need to say that. Just in case you were wondering. And an Indian farmer says an oversized poster of a former porn star made him grow much bigger crops. Chenchu Reddy <laughs> says he initially put up the larger-than-life image of actress Sunny Leone in uh, hopes that her scantily clad <laughs> image would act as sort of an X-rated scarecrow. And also, it would be fun to look at. Well, the idea worked, but then Reddy says that something strange happened. They uh, all got chlamydia. <laughs> <He's>, the <laughs> farmer says his cabbages and cauliflowers both have grown much bigger, thanks to uh, the bikini-draped figure. Should probably get that checked out. Yeah. That's crazy. That doesn't make sense. I'm planting a lot more seeds. This guy got caught just... by his wife, like, spending too much time on Pornhub. And he's, no, it's actually helping the crops. It's for the crops, all... sweetheart. Right, just be his excuse to put up porn stars every year. You know, for the crops. Roger Daltrey is returning oh. to the high seas and will headline <laughs> next year's Rock Legends cruise. The announcement was made yesterday, just as this year's cruise with Sammy Hagar and Bad Company docked in Fort Lauderdale. The Who singer will be joined by Dave Davies, Buddy Guy, Kansas, Foghat, former Jethro Tull guitarist Martin Barr, and others. The cruise will sail in mid-February of next year. Daltrey's first cruise was with the Moody Blues in 2014. That's pretty cool, Bill. You should go on that cruise. Then you could actually sit next to Roger Daltrey <laughs> while he's walking around in his banana hammock and get a really good look at his at his appendectomy scar. Oh, yeah. Love to see that C-section scar. <laughs> Up close and personal. Dude's got ripped abs for 70-something. Oh, my God. He's in the best shape ever. How how do you stay that muscular in your 70s? You do CrossFit H-G-H. every day of your life? Oh, you think he's on the juice? Has to be. You can't. Yeah. Yeah, but. He looks like he curls. That Wouldn't that give him a giant head? He's it, It's Roger Daltrey. He's got a huge head. Have you seen him? Uh, I guess not, because the last pictures I've seen of him, he looked, it looks proportionate. Huge head. Do you know, I mean, he fi- he got fired. Pete Townsend fired him from The Who early on. And I can't imagine anybody else singing those songs. He's just been working out ever since. <laughs> He's just pissed. He's like, one day I'm going to get big enough to beat up Pete. And Sly Stallone is not dead. Ooh. Apparently that was making the rounds on social media over the weekend. One person even posted pictures of him looking sickly with much of his hair having fallen out, which might be for a movie role. Or uh, it might have been a picture of his brother. He posted on Instagram Frank. saying, please ignore this stupidity, alive and well and happy and healthy, still punching. Imagine how long it took him to figure out if he was dead or not. <laughs> Wait, am I dead? <laughs> he has a giant head. Enormous. HGH. Yeah. Yeah. How was he not in the parade? I still can't get over that. He was so active tweeting about Philly leading up to the Super Bowl. And then... They dropped the ball on Nothing. That how do you not have Rocky? I, I, I don't know. Up there. He, a statue of him is 20 feet away. I'm with you. It's on the steps. I mean, He's already got the oversized Macy's Thanksgiving Day style head. It's perfect for parades. <laughs> he closes that thing, and then he can die. Maybe they couldn't get anybody to like work the moorings on his head. <laughs> like holding down. 
So he's alive and well. Colin Quinn, though, uh, he had a heart attack on Valentine's Day. Yeah. I saw this. So he is recovering. Our best of luck to Wishing Colin. Wishing him well, yeah. Who could not have been more fun or oh, he's cooler the greatest. when he came in to do our comedy festival mm-hmm. last year. And he hung out for a couple of days, and he was the nicest, coolest, just funniest guy. Yep. And we went out and hung out with him after the show with him and Bobby Kelly and uh, Kevin, Brennan. Kevin Brennan and Rachel Feinstein, and they were all just really nice. Really, yeah, and hilarious. He was a super funny guy. I brought up to Colin off air that I had worked with him almost a decade ago now when I was just starting out and we were at the Pittsburgh Improv and I just told him a couple things and then whenever we were at dinner after the show, he like made it a point to, you know, reconnect on that conversation. He was like, I I didn't remember, you know, necessarily coming there. And then I was thinking like Pittsburgh, that would have been 2007 or whatever. And he was like, yeah, we were down there this weekend, this happened. And we just started kibitzing about it. And I mean, he's just a guy like he, as I was coming off stage at the, uh, the biome, he's giving me tags for my material. Yeah. That was very cool. He's just, he's the best. Yeah, so hopefully he, he, he gets is out a of comedy stand up yogi. He's figured it out. He's a master. And I don't and think he was I a guy that a lot of well. people thought that about. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I think that because of like SNL and his differing style from Norm MacDonald on Weekend Update, mm-hmm. yeah. and the people who only knew him before that from Remote Control, <laughs> they didn't really know how important of a cog in the New York comedy scene he actually was. Cog's probably not the way to say it, but. To Bill's point, yeah, he was kind of the guru there. Think about how good that show Tough Crowd was and how much it would, like, crush today if there were still, like, all those... It would have to be those New York comics, and a lot of those guys are are dead now. Yeah, well, Geraldo and Patrice, but the problem is I think a lot of stuff they were saying now would get them in so much trouble these days. Sure. Just a few short years later, the the, the environment's changed so much. The landscape is completely different. I don't know how he was that sick, though. Like, he, he hasn't drank or smoked for decades. I mean, he was eating, we were eating chicken wings with him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hey, know. That's not the healthiest. Terrible. Look at that guy, the trainer that was on The Biggest Loser. He had a Widowmaker heart attack. Oh, yeah, that's right. That he survived it. Every time you say Widowmaker heart attack, it always just... <laughs> That's what they call it. it. I didn't make the name up. I don't know what that is. Is that the ride at Idlewild? That's the one where you, I think you have to ski against John Cusack. (laughs) (laughs) Forecast today, windy and unseasonably record-breaking warm temperatures today. 75 for the high, 60 overnight tonight at 62 now at DVE. I'm going to go for a nice long walk in in uh, in the woods today through the mud and then just count the ticks because they're all like, uh, alive! I'm alive! Wait, here comes Outdoor Randy. It's February 20th. Outdoor Randy's trying to go out, but, you know, bad wing and all. I'll go out there, fight off the ticks. Just, you know, wear your crick shoes. <laughs> wear a pair of shoes you don't care about. It's pretty bad out there. A little muddy. All right, we're running late, so we're going to do the anthem thing uh, with Billy Gardell in the 9 o'clock hour. Mike Lang's coming up at 845. We're going to talk to the Hockey Hall of Famer about what move does Rutherford make now, if any, and Mike has your sports when we come back on the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Mike, what's going on? It's getting complicated for the Penguins, Randall, because they continue to win games, and the NHL trade deadline continues to loom. It's next Monday. Oh, it looms. It and, looms. And uh, 
given that his team is now 16-4-1 since January the 2nd in the wake of Sunday's 5-2 win in Columbus, General Manager Jim Rutherford must be wondering, do I really need to add to this team? Should I add to this team? How much should I subtract from the future to bolster the present? Right. Or are they in a position where they figured it out, they have what they need, and they can save the future and continue to roll in the present? It's a complicated question, and one of the guys who's complicating it is Riley Shayan, who scored two more goals in that win over the Blue Jackets on Sunday in Columbus. He's got four goals in his last six games. He's got nine points in his last 12 games. This is a guy who had two, count them, two goals in 80 games for the Red Wings last year. And zero goals in eight games before the Penguins acquired him this year. All of a sudden, uh, Raleigh Shane looks like the guy who scored 13 in 2014-15 and 14 in 2015-16. And from head coach Mike Sullivan's view, it looks like uh, Riley Shane's a guy whose confidence ought to be soaring right about now. I would think it would have to be at, at an all-time high. I thought he played really well. I thought he was one of our best players out there tonight. He was, you know, he's got such a conscientious two-way game when he can chip in offensively like he does. Uh, I think it certainly makes us a much better team, and he's shown the ability to do that. That's, we believed he had that when, when we acquired him. We were hoping that uh, that his offensive game would come, and it seems to be uh, at the most important time of the year. So there he goes. He your third-line center. Is he the guy that uh, you can go forward with in the spring and maybe win another cup with? You heard Sullivan talk about a conscientious two-way, conscientious two-way game. Shane's ability to play defense and then chip in offensively. That doesn't just help him. That helps Jake Gensel and Phil Kessel. They're cerebral. They, they have the ability to make plays. You know, Jake is a guy that hangs on a pucks. Phil's a guy that hangs on a pucks. They're, they could be dangerous off the rush. They can make plays from below the goal line. I think what Riley brings is uh, that conscientious two-way game. You know, he, he has the ability to make plays as well. Uh, he certainly can, can score. He's a big body. Uh, but, but I think what, you know, Riley brings an, a, a defensive conscience to that, those two guys. And when they play in, in our end zone, he's strong down low. He's good defensively. And it creates the balance that, that we're looking for. Yeah, he keeps talking about the defensive side, right? That's what he looks for, man. That's what turns him on. Can you play a disciplined 200-foot game? Well, particularly the third-line guy, right? Uh, that's Definitely. You know, the, the Stars are supposed to win the game. He's supposed to not lose it when he's out there. And uh, the, the game he played in Columbus, you heard Sullivan say that uh, he was one of the Penguins' best players. Two goals, plus two, 17 minutes and 48 seconds. Zero of that on the power play. Killed penalties. For two minutes and 18 seconds, four shots, a block shot, and he won nine of 15 faceoffs, 60%. That's a pretty complete stat line. And it's been like that for Shane more often than not. Pens are at. What ca- is it, Mike? Is Pittsburgh just the rising tide that raises all boats? Certainly there's, a, you know, you look at guys such as Schultz and Haglin. Even Hainsey last year was pretty good, wasn't he? Mm hmm. As one of those not get anybody excited type of trade acquisitions that turned out to be a pretty important guy. Nobody was dancing in the streets when they went out and got Cole. Yeah, another one. Including them. Yeah, <laughs> right. They sat him for like a month. 
They've signed him this year. <laughs> Cole is the natural. He's put him on the bench forever. I'm not playing no old piece of garbage <laughs> they sent me. Speaking sit on a bench until your contract's up. Speaking of old guys, Ryan Zapolsky, the goaltender for Team USA. Uh, yeah, he's which, like 33, right? 31. Uh, as Pop Fisher might say, son, you don't break in at this age. You, you retire. retire. Uh, Team USA beat the Slovakia 5-1 to one last night. It's on to the quarterfinals tonight against the Czech Republic. The quarterfinals, that means Ryan Zapolsky is... Three wins away from becoming our next Jim Craig. Here's uh, Zapolsky's college coach, Rick Gotkin of Mercyhurst. It's funny you say that because I actually have, I have a small little dinky office uh, in our rink, and I actually have a small picture of Jim Craig uh, in that moment with the flag around him, and his daughter was playing a couple of years ago for, I think, Boston College or Boston University, and they had come in to play our women's team, and he signed... The picture for me and I have it framed hanging on my wall and I said to Ryan last week I said Ryan I said I'd be really excited to move this picture over and put your picture up and in Ryan's way you know he, he doesn't get excited about much he kind of just chuckled a little bit and shook his head and everything else so uh, I think Ryan would look very good with a flag around him yeah I do too I'm I don't miss the NHL guys in this at all I I told you in a way that it makes it a lot easier to root for him I, I would I would because you don't get pissed at a guy from the Flyers. Yeah, I'd be all into it if they were there. But, uh, you know, somebody's playing. Uh, they're wearing the red, white, and blue, and they're keeping score. That's enough for me. Game time? 10-10 tonight on, uh, I think it's CNBC. You going to stand for the whole game? Yeah. I didn't watch last night's because I had a little too much Columbus on Sunday. Yeah. So I was sort of in recovery. Mike's in it to win it. I was in recovery mode yesterday. But, yeah, I'll be watching tonight. Too much Columbus. I like that. That was a lot of fun. Man, that, that just that lined up so perfectly. Little three-hour drive, and uh, yeah, that rink's great. Uh, Do you run into the fifth line? Yeah, I sent you the picture of the guy. <laughs> the, one of the few Columbus uh, jerseys I saw in a bar. The guy had a number five, and it said fifth line on the name. Uh, so I sent it. To, oh, I sent so. it to Bill because he loves the fifth line. The so fifth much. line, the biggest stretch. Hey, they're trying. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, try harder. It's, that, that's not it's that, like. <laughs> The fifth line. The fifth line. Well, the second Let's... anthem singer. The third mascot. <laughs> they got the cannon. The cannon is cool as hell. I love the cannon. Yeah, well, you can get a cannon. We'll get you a cannon. Blow it off here. I had a neighbor who used to Did like. He a cannon, really? He has like one of those like. <laughs> He's going to hold you to that. Uh, you better know a cannon dealer. One of my neighbors has like one of those super loud like. Foghorn things, and yeah. he always sets it off. To, you know, like when the Penguins score in big games. That's tremendous. Does he have yeah, a unless you have a dog. Does he have a red light too? <laughs> I don't know. I got to get that hooked up in the basement. Yeah, but his feet is like five seconds in front of mine, so it's like, hey! and I'm like, oh jeez. And then you know, every time there's a scrum around the net, like if you think it's gonna go in, you're like, why well, didn't hear a horn? So it's not going in. It's funny you mentioned that because that's how we basically watch. Overtime games in the playoffs, you have to leave the press box and go down to make sure you can get to the locker room in a timely fashion. So you're watching it on TV in the press room in the arena, and the horn goes off before the TV catches mm -hmm. up. Yeah. So you know, unless you hear a reaction, right. it's going to continue. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer, 
joining us uh, when we come back from the commercial break. But Billy Gardell for the entire 9 a.m. hour, and Val will be leading uh, us off then. What do you got there, Valerie? We're going to talk about everything dads need to know how to do. Gotcha. I'll be, I'll be paying close attention. Oh, that'll be perfect for uh, for the two bills. All yep. right, that's coming up. DVE. It is the DVE Morning Show, and joining us right now, it's Hockey Hall of Famer Mike Lang, ladies and gentlemen. And Mike Lang, that's right. we're calling him up here yeah. on the uh, telephone. Mikey, how are you, sir? Good morning. Wow, I love the uh, hand clapping. That's pretty good. I guess you had a lot of that at the uh, the beard a thon. Cheer the beard. You know, Borky's beard is gone. Have you have you seen him uh, since oh, he's been I shorn? Oh, I certainly have. Yes, I yeah. have. Yeah, the pimples are back. Yeah, <laughs> ingrown <laughs> hairs after that long with the beard. No, I say this with humor. I hope, but you get the Unabombers up there and uh, and just shave them up, and it's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> take them to court. That's good. <laughs> so it looks like he has to do something respectable now. Yes, he, it was a it was a new look. They look for like him. different people now. Yes, that's true, and. Uh, and they'll race again to get the beards back so nobody knows what's going on. <laughs> Have you noticed that almost every sport has sort of jumped on the beard phenomena that hockey has really pioneered? Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me that it appears to me in, in the NHL at least that uh, a lot of guys are starting real early right now as far as the beards are concerned. You know, they used to have a little shadow. That's a, that's the glory thing to show everybody that they're, you know, they're kind of cool, you know, for a game. and. Mm-hmm. Leave a little bit, but uh, I'm seeing more and more guys with uh, much more as far as the fullness is concerned uh, during the course of the year. So maybe that's the trend at the moment, and you know how it goes. It's style, it's it's fashion, and uh, that's the way it happens uh, year to year, and it changes. Uh, you know, it changes every few years, back and forth. Did Lemieux ever grow a playoff beard? I don't ever remember him having any facial hair. Uh, Mario had some. Uh, yeah, he tried. I mean, you can remember Sid. This was beautiful the first time he he tried to grow a beard. <laughs> he's actually now he's so proud of it <laughs> that he's he's letting it go during the regular season now. You know, I mean, it's like look at me. I mean, I finally can grow some hair and uh, have it. But that first year was. Uh, uh, even he would think it would be Brutal. comical. I'm saying, yeah, and they tease the hell out of him. So every yeah. hair was about an inch apart from the other one. Well, that would be me. I mean, for 40 years, I could I could never grow a beard, so I would I would have what he had the first year. Still, scruff. Yeah, yeah. not easy. The I mean, Montreal scruff. Um, well, I certainly am not one of them. I'm Spanish explorer facial hair, and that's about it. What did you uh, What did you make of uh, the Penguins just dicing through? Columbus once again, and, and what do you think John Tortorella feels these days about his uh, mentee in Mike Sullivan just hot knifing through that butter 7-1-1 one, and one against his uh, former mentor? Yeah, uh, I know, that's mentor. Probably, that probably hurts him more than anything else. And I mean, this is a team last year, Columbus had won 16 games in a row. You know, everybody was planting them to, to be a, a possible cup winner, and uh, they've fallen on some hard times here and there in the position here where it's going to be tough for them to, you know, there's only going to be, looks like it, uh, one playoff spot open here in the eighth, eighth position as far as the wild card is concerned as we get down to the final quarter of the season. So he's going to have his work cut out for him to get there. I still think they're a pretty darn good hockey club. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, Sully's just found a way. And quite honestly, I mean, the Penguins have been infused again with another youth uh, movement, if you will, that has kind of rejuvenated the team and, um, and and made it work. Uh, their the room is alive again. I mean, not that it wasn't, but you know, after a long stretch of two years in a row of uh, 
going on the journey to uh, you know month after month after month, and now it's kind of being been um, brought up again, and, and they seem to have their mojo going, and so that's you know a lot of it is uh, they they play for these young guys, and uh, it's showing on the ice, and they're playing some pretty good hockey right now. Mike, do you think uh, anything needs to happen by Monday? It's and a really it, good question, Mike. And, and I know, uh, Jimmy, I can't help myself. Rutherford <laughs> might, uh, you know, still make it. I think, it, you know, it boils down to, 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 to if you think you can, you're dealing from a, a position of strength, which is rare in this game. So he's got the cards. I mean, he has the cards. So he can, he can actually sit back. He's got enough of a team, I think, to win another cup. Uh, and it won't be easy because I don't think they're as strong. I, I think the other teams are better than they were. Uh, and what we're going to face as far as uh, playoff competition. So it's not going to be an easy chore to go through them and, and, and get there again. But I do think that Jimmy's probably in the best position he's been in in a long time of not having a mag, uh, a magnified need, you know, for his hockey club. And uh, so he can deal from the strength aspect of it. But he also has to be careful because he can't take on, you know, a huge contract, I don't think, anyway, and, and, and things what he has with his team. He's, he's got people coming along the way. They're going to be needed to be paid. It's going to force some other people probably to leave here. Uh, you know, if you if you add somebody that's got a $5 million contract, well, I mean, you do the math. I mean, uh, now can you afford to, to sign Hornquist, or can you afford to keep him a tank? Can you afford to keep other people that are that are that are making money uh, and, and make it work? I don't know. I mean, those are all things to be put in place. But I also do know, I mean, at least from my standpoint, the one thing I like about uh, Mario and and, uh, and and Ron and 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 everybody involved in it, they're they're determined to try and do it a third time. And that's, you know, you're only going to get this chance. I mean, with Sid and and walking maybe once in a lifetime. And so, if it's there and you can stay healthy, uh, you, you know, you're going to go for it. I mean, there isn't, there's no reason not to, if you can get the deal of deals that you want. Uh, what part of Zach Aston Reese's game right now is impressing you the most? I mean, he's uh, you know getting it done again in Columbus. So just uh, you know, they they keep branding him as you know, well, he's the next uh, Hornquist and probably gonna spell the end of his career here as a Penguin. But <clears throat> that notwithstanding, what do you think of Zach Aston Reese and wh- which part of that is is well, most impressive? Well, there's there's you? A, you know, I mean, I think he's a really good hockey player. I don't I don't think there's any question about that. I do know that when he first went to Wilkes-Barre, he had some tough times there trying to adjust to the pro-life, but he kind of solved that and got that figured out. He's come here and he's played at a, a level here where the speed is uh, what he's looking for. It's a little different league uh, than the other, and he has, he's put on a strong performance. I don't think there's any question that he's going to play in the National Hockey League. My only question is, at this point, is the adrenaline carrying him right now? And, you know, we see players that come up and, can play on a high level for a week or two, and then it kind of fades a little bit. I don't think that's going to happen with him, but I also do know that it's a, it's a possibility. So I, I can't make total judgment on him as far as a, a player and how he's going to fit in. I mean, it, it's tough to, to anoint somebody as a Patrick Hornquist. Sorry, sorry after 10 days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you got you got to earn your spurs a little bit more than that, and he knows that. And he's uh, an accomplished guy. And the one thing he has going for him is he spent four years, you know, in college. He's played on a real good level there. Uh, he was a leading goal scorer last year in, in uh, the NCAA. And so he, he, he's, a, he's a talented hockey player. And I think it's, it, it's, it, it, it's going to be great for the future for the Penguins. But how good he's going to be, I'm not quite sure yet. 
but I think he's got a lot of tools to, to make it work. Jari had a great game the other night. The Penguins yeah. uh, sitting on an abundance of goaltenders right now. Well, you got to, I mean, that's the number one position, is it not? Mm-hmm. Lou Lamarillo did that, and I can remember back when, uh, when he had a, uh, a storage unit of goaltenders, and he made deals uh, to help his hockey club by dealing uh, some of the guys that were third and fourth in order that played in the NHL. Mike Dunham is one of them, and uh, I think there's another uh, couple of them. So, when you, again, dealing from strength, Randy, uh, and uh, and being able to work that, if you've got that arsenal uh, sitting in front of you, it certainly helps your cause as being able to, to make a deal. I mean, look at what, Jari's 22 and Murray's uh, 23. This is a young hockey club. I mean, that people don't realize how young this team is and, and, and what's uh, ahead in the future. But it's, it revolves around, and we all know this, it revolves around their captain and and Gino. And, uh, you know, down the middle is where your strength is. And that's something that make, they would love to address maybe in the future. Uh, and maybe that'll be part of any deal that, that comes up. Mike, you mentioned uh, the other teams maybe are better this time around. Who? Who specifically has caught your eye that way? Well, Boston certainly has. I think Boston can win that uh, division. Tampa's a good. Toronto is a really good team. Uh, you know, and the Caps, to me, are playing better hockey this year than they did in the, winning the President's Trophy. I don't know why I feel that way, but I just think there's something that, that's not uh, <clears throat> anticipated, okay? And I think the, the Penguins have gone through this before. When they weren't expected to win, and they ended up, you know, becoming a really good hockey club. So, uh, you know, that said, and don't, I mean, I wouldn't count Columbus out, and I think Carolina's a much better team. So you're going to have some teams that are in there, and, and you know, Philly's sitting on the, on the side of the road, and everybody gave up on them, and there they are, you know, making a hard run. So it's going to be tough, Mike, and the teams are pretty balanced as far as this year is concerned. Mike Lang, Hockey Hall of Famer. Always appreciate your time, Mike. Oh, Thanks man, so much. You- Enjoy these uh, next few days off. I will, and you got him for a whole hour, huh? You got Billy for a whole oh, hour? Oh, yeah, the big guy. Oh, yeah, yeah from uh, oh, Los Angeles. Right. Well, he could be a, I, I, he'd be a great goaltender. Yeah, he would. Mm-hmm. He'd be super. He absolutely would, because he'd just talk him out of a goal. He'd yeah. be like Hextall, though. He'd be swinging the stick and getting penalties. <laughs> telling, telling Fighting jokes everybody. Go along. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> Mike Lang, you can hear him alongside uh, the newly shorn old 2-9er, Phil Bork. On the Penguins flagship station, 105.9 The X, our brother station. Mikey, always appreciate your time. Thanks It so is. Much. And one quick thing. We, we all forget, you know, we talk about uh, Mr. Kiesel and we talk about Borky and everybody that was there. But there's a guy there that MC'd and worked and works his tail off for Children's Hospital and works. And we're talking to him right now. So good job, Randy. Uh, it's nice of you yeah, to say. Yeah, you're awesome. You're absolutely awesome. So we'll see you later. Thanks, Mikey. You're the Bye. best. We'll see you. Uh, on the way for you, Billy Gardell. Live from Los Angeles, California. We're going to go over those anthems that are bad. And Val, you've got the uh, the the father tips, the parenting tips. Yeah, well, uh, things every dad should know how to do. <laughs> I'm nervous. I'm gonna I'm gonna get out of here. <laughs> I you went, guys take care. Do you feel any inadequate every day? No. Do you oh. feel less <laughs> inadequate in times where you may um, be wondering if you are because you don't have sons because you have daughters if you had sons would you feel more like i better get out and chop wood or something to set a manly example no i feel less prepared dealing with two girls i mean if it was a boy i could i feel like it would be like but with girls you kind of have an excuse like i don't know how to dress a barbie or braid your hair or 
I do now. There's no excuses. <laughs> you don't you don't get to have an excuse. You know, you got to figure it out. You but I feel up. like with a boy it would just it would just be easier. Like I would know instinctively what to do. Boy stuff. Yeah. Girls, it's like what what am I doing every day trying to figure <laughs> it out? <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that's coming up for you. Don't forget the uh, 2018 Pittsburgh Polar Plunge this Saturday. I'll be down at Heinz Field with all of the athletes from Special Olympics for the the annual plunge into the river, which we might not have to walk too far. Yeah. Because right now it is flooded that all too. over the banks. <laughs> the banks of the three rivers. Coming up the steps. It's crazy right now, but uh, I think it's going to subside a little bit here. And is it going to get cold again? Uh, like 40s, I think. Well, it's, it's still like cold. A Trust 40s. me, it's still cold, folks. But you can still get a team together and register it at specialolympicspa.org. Or if you're too chicken and you just want to be a part of the event, uh, go uh, onto the website and you can donate cash and just go oh. on to chicken. <laughs> Saturday, it's supposed to be 60. Oh, God. All right. So bring your suntan lotion. Come on down. SPF 30. Jump in the river. It's not that dirty. Keep your mouth shut, though. I don't mean that, you know. I know what you're talking about. I mean that literally, not figuratively. Don't take don't take in a big mouthful of no. <gasps> thick, viscous. <laughs> you who. <laughs> you dbe.com we have it under the events calendar or go to specialolympicspa.org help these special athletes for special olympics attain their goals each and every year by becoming a part of the special olympics western pennsylvania family specialolympicspa.org how much is the hooch well you have to i don't know if it's like an auction but you have to you have to win the lottery first you have to win the lottery to buy the booze, is yes. that correct? Yes, because it's so... Okay, here's how that conversation would go in Swissville. Hey, you know, let's get in that lottery and we can win a ticket to buy that expensive booze. And it's quiet, and then your buddy goes... Or we can go drink for 19 hours for 12 bucks at Rocco's. This is a classic bird in the hand versus one in the bush type thing. Randy Bellman and the DVE Morning Show. Oh, yeah, Billy Gardell is uh, hanging out with us right now. Live from Los Angeles, California. Billy, good morning. Billy. Good morning, guys. Hi. Good morning, Pittsburgh family. What's, What's going on, everybody? How are you? Good, man. What's the Great, word, Bill? Nothing. Just happy to be back uh, home, safe. I was on a uh, uh, gig with O'Connell Saturday night. We went up to, uh, first we went to Dover, Delaware, and did a casino there, and, uh, and then we... Uh, we drove from there all the way up to White Plains, New York, which is upstate New York, right? Mm-hmm. It's actually east of New York City. And uh, Saturday night, it was a uh, one of those uh, flash snowstorms. They were going to have like a flash blip. But it, you know, I had, I had denial about it because I was like, well, we got to go to the gig. It won't be that bad. If I say it won't be that bad, then it won't be that bad. Right. <laughs> So it starts snowing, right? And we're staying by the White Plains Airport, which is a tiny little airport like Burbank. It's just small. It's like, you know, six gates, right? 
So I figured we'll get a hotel by the airport, and we'll drive 45 minutes up to this gig at the Ridgefield Playhouse, which, by the way, is this cool theater. And, uh, and, and you know, and then we'll drive back after the show. We're good. We get a night's sleep. We're ready to go home. So we get going, and it starts snowing. And, I mean, it starts coming down like somebody shook up a snow globe, right? It's just <laughs> constant, you know. And it's been a while since I drove in the snow. You know, I'm sliding, slipping, and, you know, we're going down these little two-lane roads down through the woods and then up these hills. And, you know, we're putting it, like O'Connell remembered from the Pittsburgh days, put it in neutral going down the hill so the brakes work <laughs> a little better. And and then when you you know, right when you get to the quarter of the bottom hill, I'm hitting and driving and slamming it so we can get up the hills, right? And it's just like this. It's like it's like... It's like the worst Kennywood ride I've ever been on, right? <laughs> but, but we might die, which is great, because we're on these little two-lane two lane roads going through the woods, right? So we get to the theater, and now it's pounding. It's probably four inches on the ground, right? So we go into the back of the theater, and we're snowed in now. So, And I couldn't believe the people up there showed up. It was a sold-out show, 700 people. They came out. And I forget, you know, because I've been out in California so long, that East Coasters, they see four inches of snow, and they go, ah, I think it's fine. And then they just go out. Right. So they all showed up. So I figured we're going to be snowed in for a little while because we got this stupid little rental car with front-wheel drive. So we're, you know. There's, there, we're going to just be stuck here, and it's supposed to snow till 3 a.m. We got a 5 a.m. flight, so the whole time we do the show, then I get off stage. I go, you know what, man? I'm going to take a picture with everybody who came here tonight. I'm going to come down front and take a picture with anybody who wants one because I can't believe you guys showed up in this crap to see me. I wouldn't have showed up in this to see me, right? Mm -hmm. So I took a picture with like 800 people and then doused myself in hand sanitizer because I thought I was going to get yeah. the flu again. Right. <laughs> I know that part scares you the most, Grant. Uh, we, yeah, stranger, yeah. stranger people shaking your hand for an hour plus. <laughs> but I had to say thank you. So now we get out there, and man, it's that kind of snow where when you step, it crunches. That's how deep it is, right? Just crunch, crunch, crunch. So we get in the car, we get it dusted off finally, and we start our slow trek back to the hotel man and it's bad we can't there's just two lane roads and we can't see nothing at one point we the car started to slide down the hill and there was a car in front of us and we 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 banged into the back of that car and then no. that car went forward and then we both got up the hill and then he just turned left and waved and kept going like bumper cars up there happening <laughs> that's all awesome the like, he didn't even stop. He just waved. He's like, yeah, it happens. You know? <laughs> so, so we're going. And then on the way back, I'm telling O'Connell, I'm like, you know what, man? This is a crazy one. You know, we just got to keep going. And, you know, and then we get on this, this, this topic of taking better care of ourselves, right? And, uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna eat right. We're gonna start eating right, and that's just what we're gonna do. We're so gonna, the we're, snowstorm we're and the slow pace of your trip has made you contemplative. Yes, exactly. Because we're thinking, well, if we slide off this ridge, you know, they're gonna find us like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. No one's coming to get us out on these two lane roads, right? <laughs> so, so we get back to town, and we now the other part of this is we haven't eaten since five o'clock because we thought we'd get out there and get something to eat and then do the show. So now we're starving. But all we've been talking about is taking care of ourselves. <laughs> we slush into town, and the only thing open is the Taco Bell. Oh, boy. So we pull into the drive-thru, and we think, well, we'll just get chicken tacos. That can't be that bad. <laughs> oh, 
So we're, we're at the drive-through window. Nobody's answering the thing. It's supposed to be open. We pull up to the window. The, it says it's open. Nobody's answering. So Connor goes, "He's getting high in the bathroom. Let's go." <laughs> so so we get we slosh our way across to the Burger King, hoping that it's open. This is the only two things open. <laughs> Snow coming down, ice. We're sloshing through the parking lot. Just got back to the woods. By the way, called Patty, told her we almost fell off a cliff twice, and she's like, that's great, honey. I'm with my mom right now, so I'll talk to you later. <laughs> so we get we get to the Burger King, hungry and insane, right? <laughs> and we're hoping, we're hoping that, that this is going to be open because we need some kind of food, but we're not going to go that bad. We're not going to go that heavy. So I roll the window down, the snow's blowing in the car, and we're waiting, and we're waiting. And finally, finally, the woman goes, can I take your order? And me and O'Connell let out a cheer as, as if we were at a playoff game. But now here's the funny one that made us, that killed us, and I know it's been a long ride for this. As we pulled in, we're listening to this classic rock station, and what starts playing before we order is the Alan Parsons Project, Eye in the Sky. <laughs> no, I got it wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. Yeah, I know which That's, one you're talking about. You know I had a feeling. About? I had a feeling, yes. I probably got it wrong. It I, was the thing. It was the same theme that the Chicago Bulls hit the floor to. Yep. So we <laughs> this starts playing, and it's right before we order, and we look at each other, and we come unhinged, and we order everything on that menu like we were in the finals to the Chicago Bulls opening music. <laughs> it was just—it oh, was as if we were eating in the finals. <laughs> it was, it I, was so ridiculous. I, man, what is the name of that song? I thought it was I in the Sky. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, no. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. From North Carolina. It's not I in the Sky. I it's thought not. it was I in the sky. I had it wrong. I'm oh, sorry. son of a gun. I should have asked yeah. you. Because when you said that, I'm like, I, I bet you probably thinking. knew what I meant. I did. <laughs> uh, but at any rate, so was that like the the Chicago Bulls it was entry like, music? like the beginning of the intro when we looked at that menu and we were listening to that music as we were ordering. It was like we were eating <laughs> in the finals like two idiots. I, I don't think people realize, like, when you're when you're on the road and you've performed and, and you get off stage so late that nothing's open, the desperation that takes no, it's over. it's Green Mile. It's, it's, it's Dead Man's Alley. It's awesome. Right. It's, it's heart attack after heart attack after heart attack after chemical, chemical, heart attack, chemical. That's what it just should be called. There this, it is. This is it. Now, me and him. <laughs> We're looking at each other. We're listening to this, and we're looking at the menu. Did you did you announce your order like they announced the lineups for the it Bulls? Literally First went right up. into. We're gonna need some cheesy fries. <laughs> Idiots. A whopper, ketchup only. <laughs> we're gonna need the spicy chicken. <laughs> Idiots. <laughs> Onion rings! <laughs> and it just didn't stop. And we ate like we were in the finals. That is hilarious. <sighs> oh, God, we're just two disgusting animals. You know, look, here's the thing, though. <laughs> it's, in a moment like that, 
when you had the adrenaline. I mean, uh, you know, when you haven't been on snow covered roads in a long time, no. you're you're I actually lost, very. I, lost, I should I should have lost my snow privileges, Randy. I should not be allowed to drive on snow. Well, a lot of, a lot of people here in Pittsburgh probably should have theirs revoked no as good. well. But I'm no good. I've lost it. The adrenaline of fear. Yeah. is a different sort of come down than the adrenaline of performing, <laughs> mm-hmm. the adrenaline yeah. of accomplishment. For some reason, the adrenaline of fear accompanied by that relief is, <laughs> I mean, that will make you I just silly beyond belief. <laughs> and I love the fact that you're two Pittsburghers who are now beach bums trying to recall the muscle memory of how you dri- drive in the snow. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so bad. Put Billy. it in neutral, Bill. By the way, putting it in neutral? No. Downshift, dude. No, no. I'm telling you, I couldn't. The the, the, the neutral tapping the brakes worked a lot better, and then hitting second gear going up the hill helped a lot. You get that thing in neutral. I mean, I'm telling you right now, let the transmission do a little work for you in downshift, man. Well, but when we were going down, the problem was the idle because it was so slippery. The idle yeah, was, was too much. You know what I mean? That's why if you downshift, you can get it in the first gear there, buddy. Uh, Not going to go anywhere. We were scared. We were so scared. Take <laughs> like Abbott and Costello take the snow. Let your let your <laughs> tranny take the hit on that a little bit. No, I got nothing left. I got nothing left. All right. Billy Gardell is safe and sound now and uh, joining us here on the DV Morning Show. Not allowed to drive in the snow any longer. That's all right. Here's a Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Central 11. It's 63 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. PBS has lined up a star-studded special to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. The classic children's show actually debuted on PBS 50 years ago yesterday. But the special Mr. Rogers, uh, Mr. Rogers, It's You I Like will air March 6th at 8 p.m., among those taking part are, not surprisingly, Michael Keaton, also Judd Apatow, Whoopi Goldberg, and John Lithgow. The special will also feature some of the most memorable clips from the show, like Fred Rogers meeting Coco the Gorilla. There are other events going on to celebrate as well, according to a story on Channel 11's website. If you want to visit the set of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, you can see that at the Heinz History Center. The Children's Museum will host a happy birthday Mr. Rogers celebration from March 17th to the 20th. And then the Mr. Rogers Forever stamp will be released March 23rd. Mr. Rogers died in 2003 at the age of 74 of stomach cancer. I uh, generally like just about anything that uh, Judd Apatow does, but uh, I'm hitting my satiation point with him. Judd needs to back it down a little bit. Yeah, now he's doing like... Yeah, take take a week off. I mean, every time I put something on, he had something to do with it. The Avett Brothers documentary, he's doing that. Turn on Netflix, he's doing stand-up. He's sort of Dave Grohling his way through just the entertainment take, industry. Take, just take a knee for a little bit, Judd. Just take a knee. I really am excited about the Mr. Rogers thing, though. He is the Me Dave too. Grohl of comedy. That is such a great analogy. <laughs> He's the Dave Grohl of comedy. I like you, but just just back it down take a little week bit. Off, Kaji. Say take no. Week off. Say no once in a while. Nobody has more exposure, though, than Kevin Hart. He's in... Every movie. I can tell you right now, someone that does. All-Star Games. Snoop. Snoop Dogg has never said no to anything in his life. (laughs) Snoop Dogg will be in a Disney movie. He'll be in a gangster movie. Somebody would pitch pitch a stand-up show. show. He has a football team. Coach Snoop. He did the show with uh, Martha Stewart. Yeah. He probably killed a guy, by the way. Really good (laughs) chance he murdered a guy in cold blood. 
but he does not a really good chance. No, yeah, super good. <laughs> but but he's he's in everything, and everyone's like, "Oh, there's Snoop." Let's get back to Mr. Rogers, man. That's heavy. That's Mr. Heavy Rod- pitch, he would have gone on Mr. Rogers. Snoop would have gone on Mr. Rogers' show. What's happening, Mr. R? I would have loved it if Mr. <laughs> Rogers was around for the, you know, the apex of the hip-hop era. I'm just glad. I'm glad Mr. Rogers is being celebrated. You know what I love Me most too. about Mr. Rogers? Two things. Decency and the fact that he could talk to that trolley. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I loved trains. I still love them to this day. The fact that he could speak and understand trolley, that just amazed me. I waited for that the whole show. Trolley talk. Trolley talk. He, he I mean, we sure as hell could use him right trolley. now. <laughs> oh, yeah, we could. We, Fo- could. we could use a refresh button on those rules. How many, You'd have people on Fox News being like, please, Mr. Rogers, we don't need to hear from you. Yeah, we don't need to. Who cares about treating each other with equality? Anyway, next up, how to make a hat of it a thorn bush. Right. <laughs> uh, today is <laughs> National Love Your Pet Day. Some facts about pet statistics show the majority of households in the U.S. have at least one pet. Dogs being the most popular, followed by cats, fish, birds, hamsters, and gerbils. Experts say owning a pet is good for stress relief and can help to lower b- blood pressure. You know why a fish is not a pet? Why? Because you can't pet it. Because you can't pet it. (laughs) You know what? The thing about the stress thing, I get that, Val. I I understand that, you know, I know people whose dogs have have passed away, and it's like losing a family member. And I I respect that. Pets are unconditional love. But can we back it down at the airport a little bit? Can we back that down at the airport just a little bit for, you know, do we, do we need to pet the dog just because we have to stand in a line? <laughs> do we need that? We all have to stand in the line. Everybody has a dog now, and I'm pretty sure all of them ain't service dogs. They're just making those jackets, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, there's yep. no doubt about it. Yep, they're I'm bootleg gonna get a, jackets. I'm going to get a, get a service Gila monster and walk through LAX <laughs> with it. Dude, there was I was getting my hair cut on Friday, and there was a lady there, like, you know, whatever, getting her hair done. And her, I think it was her husband or somebody had her dog there the whole time, like, watching her. And she kept calling the dog over so she could be there the whole time petting the dog. I was like, man, yeah. you got You can't. That dog. You got to be able to stand in a line without petting your dog. It's got to learn okay. how to be alone you sometimes. Be okay. It wasn't a service dog. It didn't look like it. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't know, know what the hell it was gonna do. I don't know what kind of service it was gonna perform. Well, like, uh, you think if I could get that? You think if I get the service jacket to fit O'Connell, I could fly him for free? <laughs> He's your service, Joe. <laughs> My service, Joe. Ten percent of people. Ten percent of people regularly say "I love you" to their pet. Well, I understand that. I think I say. Oh that my god! Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. gotta love your pet. I get that. Ten percent talk to their pet in a special voice. What is funny? I say. I, I never love talk you to, to my dog. child in a special voice. I think that makes people dumb. <laughs> I don't know why when I say "I love you" to the dogs, I whisper it in their ear. <laughs> you whisper it? Oh, that's you creepy. It. That's the sweetest thing. I've ever heard. I'm like snuggling it and go. Oh, I thought you were like, my little berry bear. (laughs) (laughs) Randy, I had it the same way as you. I thought it was like, I love you. Don't tell anybody. (laughs) And remember, (laughs) 
I don't. If you, if you ever leave me, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Don't tell the other dog. Right. Yeah. Or Tim. <laughs> I mean, don't you always talk to your dog in a different voice? I w- we should probably uh, talk to more people that we hello. like that way. Sorry. Hello. How are you doing? Sometimes. Oh, Sorry, look at this guy. Oh, your little boy, dude. Oh. Yes, I want to send that first class mail. Yes, oh, yes, I do. 9% give their pet table scraps. Uh, when my dogs got older, I did because I was like, eh, you made it to, you know, like 10 or whatever. Then I was like, you know what? You've been good so luck good ever getting it to eat regular dog food again, though. Uh, eh, they get hungry enough. They're they like, will. dude, I've had meatloaf. <laughs> get these dry p- planter chips out of my face. Hey, what are we doing here? Only 4% of people admit they probably post too many pictures of their pet on social media. Uh, finally, dads need to know how to do stuff. Like, what kind of stuff? Yeah. Well, yeah. a new survey found there are some Billy, things. Billy, Billy, you sounded worried. I am. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm incredibly well, worried. I gotta know. <laughs> a new survey found there are things every dad needs to know, but it didn't say whether they surveyed dads or kids. <laughs> All right, what do we survey. got? What do we work Top with? of the list, number one, being able to stay calm during arguments. Yeah. Yeah, still well, working on that. You know... You try. You really do. You try, but some of this stuff is genetic. I mean, honestly. Being a safe driver, even with constant distractions. Yeah, you got to know that. Fixing a bike. Uh-huh. Well, a yeah, for, back the two on. Kid, for the two kids left in America to, to, to uh, ride a bike. To ride a bike. Yeah, thank you for the rest of the words. It's very early. <laughs> Undoing tough knots. Yeah, I've yep. worked a knot. What if I, I busted up a few forks getting a knot loose? <laughs> I usually just like really trash them as I'm doing it because it's usually their shoes. Like, how did you tie this this tight? I'm, well, be, I usually before, ear beat them while the I'm doing it. Of, before the age of 40, you could use your teeth, but then you got to switch to the fork because you might yank out a front tooth trying to get a knot. <laughs> Putting up a tent. No, no one in my family's camping. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping secrets. Yeah, you got to be able to have. Uh, yeah, I think. I, I, I told Will, which I think benefits us a lot, is I told him, look, you're going to have things that you tell mommy, and you're going to have things that you tell me, and that needs to be okay, and and you need to be, you need to know that we're okay with that. But that has backfired on me because I. <laughs> I told you, you know, there really is a truth to mama's boy, daddy's girl, because we're, we were coming over to Homestead Bridge when Will was first born. And me and O'Connell were working the improv, and I, I, I was talking about what kind of dad I'm going to be, and I'm going to do this, and we're, you know, I'm going to be involved in every single, and, and O'Connell just quietly in the back of the car goes, because <laughs> there's like three of us, he goes, you ain't going to know nothing. <laughs> you ain't going to know nothing that happens. <laughs> right, because what happens is whenever something bad happens, and nothing real bad, like, you know, didn't turn in a homework or, you know, they they did something and bought something or they were somewhere and they did something, they'll tell me about it at the dinner table like three weeks after it happened. <laughs> and then they'll talk to me like I'm a mental patient and go, we told you that. And I'll start yelling, no, you, no one told me that. <laughs> and they stay real calm, and they look at me, and they go, we did tell you that, honey. You know what? I'm not great. And then I'm screaming like I need medication. 
<laughs> See, I've been trying to teach my daughters to keep a secret because, <laughs> you know, one time we were, we were at our house and this boy came over and he's playing and they're just like climbing on top of the, the little playhouse and making mud pies and putting bricks on top of glass tables. And I'm like, listen, that boy can't come over here anymore. He's like a, a, a misbehaving boy. He's an unbehaved little kid and he's not allowed over here. <laughs> he knocks on my door like... Ten minutes later, and he's like, did you call me an unbehaved boy? I'm like, huh? No, I didn't. But um, wait a second. Where, who'd you, who told you that? Because what I said was, I was talking to my daughters at the time. And I was like, Kennedy, stop singing like a bird over here. You just got me pinched. <laughs> I just so assume great. kids tell everything. I'm starting to sound like my old man. I'm, I have to be careful, like because some of that Pittsburgh has been really beneficial to Will, but some of them you forget. You know, the fastballs. You know, you, that we got when we were kids. You know, they mm-hmm. that brushes them off the plate. See, <laughs> it's the dirt. Like sometimes I hurt his feelings without knowing it. Like I, I keep an eye on his friends. That's a good way to see how you. Your, your kids doing you know yep. so he's got like three buddies he hangs with and i like all these kids they're really good kids and then there's this new one who, who's coming around he's got this blonde slick back hair right like draco malfoy um, yeah that's you're you're billy that's exactly what i was gonna say he goes what do you think of him i say he looks like that evil kid in harry potter <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Dad, he's okay. <laughs> and then I hear the Swiss fell psycho coming out of me, and I'm like, all right, we'll let him into the group, but here's the deal. You know, he don't, you know, the stuff you tell the other guys, he don't get that yet. You give him, like, level three clearance. He ain't ready for level one. <laughs> and then I said, plant some info on him and see if it comes back to you. He's like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> plant some info on him. I mean, we're going to run a sting on this guy. You understand me? We call it a flush test. Let's take a break here. We're going to come right back. More with Billy Gardell on the DVE Morning Show. DVE Sports. All right. Billy Gardell live in Los Angeles, California. And Mike Pertuta here in the studio in Green Tree right now with your sports on DVE. Mike, take it away. Yeah, thanks. Sports is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins are off until Friday night at Carolina. They'll be in Florida on Saturday, and who knows, by then they may or may not have added some reinforcements in advance of Monday's NHL trade deadline. One of the things that's probably contemplating General Manager Jim Roethlisberg, or General Manager Jim Rutherford's grasp of whether or not he needs to add is how well the Penguins have done of late, 16-4-1. and Yeah, we look like we want to go to the playoffs now, huh? And maybe do some damage when they get there, uh... Five to two in Columbus on Sunday night, and one of the highlights: Zach Aston Reese gets his fourth goal in eight games since being called up from HL Wilkes-Barre Scranton. It's actually his fifth. He had one that they ended up taking away, so it really wasn't his. But uh, the guys yeah, around we're, we're. the net, uh, the pucks going in the net, and the kid looks like he is NHL ready. Here's Mike Sullivan on Zach Aston Reese. I just think his game is more mature. I think he's got an opportunity to, uh, you know, to, to get a handful of pro games under his belt, both at the American League level and now here. You know, he was 
his game in the in the last month in in Wilkesbury has been really strong. He's been one of Clarkie's best players down there. I think you guys can see the type of player that he is. He's uh, he's just a real good hockey player. He's good on the wall. He's he has the ability to make plays. He's really good in front of the net. He's strong. He's got a stiff game. He's got a physical element to his game. He you know he hits hard when he body checks. So he's uh, he's a real. Uh, he's a real good player. I think he's only going to get better. He's got better with each game that he's got uh, that he's been here, uh, and we're real excited about where his where his game's going here. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll take each game as it comes, but certainly we're excited about Zach's game right now. And they don't seem to miss Patrick Hornquist. <clears throat> Eight one and one in the last ten, Mikey. And Hornquist is a critical guy. They are rolling. So hey, they won a cup last year without Latang. This team's resilience is unbelievable. They find I, I give lots of credit still though to Sullivan, man. It's a good coach. Poor Hornquist. You know, last year he was all exuberant, saying, "We find a way to win," and now he's probably like sad that they're winning without him, and he's like, "We find a way oh, to win without me." Oh, they're finding a way to win. <laughs> They really do know how to win. <laughs> Ben's our second in the Metropolitan Division after the Capitals. I like it's the Metropolitan Division, by the way. Just like that. Sounds like classy. Uh, it does. You think, uh, you think Batman is like Sounds the a commissioner? Sounds the rest. Yeah. Metropolitan. <laughs> Are you yeah. in that Metropolitan Division? <laughs> I don't like Strawberry. <laughs> Wait, no, that's Neapolitan. Neapolitan. Capitals are back in first place in the uh, aforementioned division. Their 3-2 win over Buffalo yesterday gave them 75 points. The Pens have 74. The Flyers and Devils have 70. Alex Ovechkin getting his. Very tight. It's tight. Bottlenecking. We're bottlenecking, Mike. League leading 35th goal for the Caps yesterday. Team USA advanced to the quarterfinals in the Olympic Hockey Tournament. Via a 5-1 to one win over Slovakia. Team USA will be back in action tonight. It's the quarterfinals. Uh, the U.S. against the Czech Republic. The winner of that game gets the winner of the Norway Olympic athletes from Russia quarterfinal. Boy, I wonder who's going to win that one. Why are the Russians even allowed to be in this? They, sh- they shouldn't be. They're like the, what is it, the Olympic athletes from Russia? Yep. Yeah. Your country can't like be the artist formerly known as Prince. If there's a doping scandal and your country's not allowed in, you shouldn't be allowed in. Yeah, they don't have a real good track record. <clears throat> not seeing the penalty. What's the name of that bad uh, karate team and the karate kid? Cobra, Cobra Kai. Kai. <laughs> That's who they are. <laughs> well, they shouldn't even be able to compete in the All Valley. Put him in a body bag. <laughs> Sweep the lake. We put him in a body bag. First things first for Team USA. They got to play the checks tonight. And uh, a continuing story with, uh, we're going to call Erie a local angle, right? I mean, uh, I'm from there. The goaltender, Ryan Zapolsky from uh, Erie, PA, and Mercyhurst, which is in Erie. Uh, Zapolsky, one of 21 players who uh, played college hockey of the 25 on Team USA. 14 schools represented, including Mercyhurst. And uh, I had a chance to catch up with Zapolsky's head coach at Mercyhurst, 
Rick Gottkin last weekend, and one of the things we talked about was the state of the college game and how that's on display in these Olympics. You know, guys like you and I and Derek Schooley and whatnot, I mean, we, you know, we've known this for years, but you're absolutely right. I think to the casual fan, uh, all you need to do is just look at our Olympic team and you think of the thousands of potential players, and even without the NHL players, um, the thousands of American players that could be, uh, uh, you know, playing in the Olympics. NCAA hockey is tremendous. Uh, we've known that. I mean, you look at the great Pittsburgh Penguins. And the, the college game uh, uh, has always been strong, and it's just getting stronger. Penn's had 12 guys in the lineup Sunday that played college hockey. They set records the last two years, winning cups for the amount of college uh, products they had in in their organization. And, Good deal. Uh, I think that's why I like these Olympics so much. Because these guys, a couple, you know, former NHL guys, a couple guys on the way up, but most of them just uh, hardworking college kids trying to live the dream, Randall. Easy to root for. All right, quick break. We're coming back. We're going to hang with Billy Gardell a little bit longer here. I want to remind Gosh. you, iHeartRadio app. Go to iHeartRadio.com. Go to the App Store on your smartphone. Download the iHeartRadio app. Take DVE with you wherever you go. It's that simple. Download iHeartRadio app. Put in the search DVE, and you're going to be listening to DVE Rocks anywhere you go. Get the iHeartRadio app for your smartphone or tablet today. All right, it's the DVE Morning Show. Billy Gardell is joining us live from Los Angeles, California. Fergie sang the national anthem at the NBA All-Star Game this weekend. Did you hear it, Bill? I did not. (laughs) <laughs> All right, so here's the thing. We're going to wow. do top five worst national anthem performances of recent memory. We're going to go with Fergie at number five. This was oh, wow. Now, I do agree that people piled on and got way more upset about it. I, I don't think she missed any notes. I think she just made some bad styling. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. And she made some uh, choices that were, you know, um. when you get like. <laughs> She acted like she wanted to, like, bang the flag. You know what I mean? It's not a sexual <laughs> song. <laughs> Here we go. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You never got to do that. Yeah. Done with that. Uh, then there was number four, Michael Bolton, Red Sox, Yankees. I think this was ALDS uh, 2003. Okay. Uh, when this happened, and he he forgot the lyrics, so he looked down at his hand. He had a lyric sheet in his hand, like a crib sheet. And then you know, Boston, oh. such a forgiving sports town. Oh, yeah, that's the other thing. The Echo and Fenway was just screwing them up completely. It's just swirling all around them. Yeah, Red Sox fans just start yes. booing them. Boo the hell out of them. And it's swirling all over. Just a wow. mess. Just what do you a, think they are, Philly? Just a mess. Who would the anthem? Then there was some event down in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where local police were on hand. And this one went viral. And there's multiple cameras at this event. And they keep showing these other cops in attendance. 
So one of their uh, one of their brethren is singing the anthem, and the other cops cannot stop from laughing of how bad it is. And they're trying to, and they're sitting there, and they're like biting their lips, and everybody is laughing as this guy is singing this rendition. That's not the word. He's totally off script. <laughs> what? <laughs> wow. Oh, my. Damn. Brave. He just put all the, the words in a bingo hopper. Yeah. Uh, he got the lyrics right, just not in the right places. Yeah, that was like, that was the jumbled version of it, you know? <laughs> uh, here's uh, Carl Lewis's famous attempt oh. at the anthem. Oh. oh, say, can you see? And the rockets, red flag. Uh-oh. 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 <laughs> I'll make up for it now. I'll make up for it. Hold on. For the land of the free. Oh. Oh, just that audible, that gasp from the audience of like. Why don't you uh, run out of here, Carl? Dude. Terrible. How Real fast. When you have to make a promise in the middle of the song <laughs> it gets better you're, yeah you're, you're in a lot of trouble it sounded like he was tr- when he tried to hit that high note it's like you ever hear somebody gun it when they're in neutral <laughs> or just in park <laughs> the, i love how his his inner monologue just spilled forward he's like oh say can you see and the rockets Take it out of park. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. I was in park. I better get out of here. Wouldn't it be great if he just sprinted out of there right there? Uh-oh. <laughs> and then, of course, all-time worst was Roseanne Barr, who's, you know, is talented. Oh, that and, was the worst uh, crotch and spit yeah, after she, when she was done. I actually think if they really wanted the players to stop kneeling, they should just get Rosie to sing it next year. Yeah. Opening game of the NFL, they all stand up and go, "Look, this look, we're we're trying to protest, not be completely disrespectful here." Well, I uh this is bad. I blame the Giants for that one as much as Rosie. <laughs> they never sh- I mean, the whole point of gr- getting hers cuz they thought it was a novelty, so she delivered a novel performance it was bad i'll say didn't james taylor do it when one one of the boston many run? times yeah he's done a bunch in boston he did it pretty good right yeah i mean he's james yeah, taylor. He, mellow, he mellows it out i love oh, james taylor but he dude, mellows everything out to where it's all like uh, you know sleepy yeah it's sleepy yeah i mean he's basically on you know like his antipsychotic drugs are kicking in and he's like falling asleep halfway through <laughs> Uh, so Fergie, uh, apologized, which, you know, uh, she didn't need to apologize. People are doing so many worse things than taking a creative chance with the, with the national anthem, but it was bad also. Also, it was bad. Well, it was the NBA all-star game, so who really cares? Well, there have been, look, one of the best all-time 
performances of the national anthem was Marvin Gaye at the NBA All-Star Game. R. Kelly did a terrible one one time. He's just so pervy. It's just He's mm. done some terrible things. Yeah. Um, but Whitney Houston's was always considered the gold the standard. I'll tell you who absolutely crushed it the year Jeff that the Jimerson. always well yeah that Every goes without game. saying yeah but um, <laughs> who sang it the year that the the Steelers played the Cardinals Jennifer Hudson oh yeah she was oh she killed that I remember that I thought Pink did a great job yeah, she this was year pretty good she Real did quick. Do a great job. It was a little rushed. Yeah, Mike thought. wanted oh, the yeah. over. You had the over on that. <laughs> I just thought it should have been. She should have spread that out a little bit. Got into she it. had the flu. She buddy. was sick. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that would have been good to know beforehand. If she though. had barfed in the middle. That might have. <laughs> <laughs> it might have prolonged. Might have gone over. Sheet. Stay off the prop sheet. What? <laughs> <laughs> Billy Gardell, uh, what do you got going on this week? What's going on in your I, world? Hey, everybody wants everyone. Everybody I talk to says, "Hey, what's Billy doing?" I know he's in that Sheldon show. Well, what <laughs> yeah, else has he got did, going on? I just did the second, uh, the second episode that they've been kind enough to put me on, and they invited me back again in March. So it's kind of fun. This character's showing up again, and. Uh, I'm in the middle of pilot season, man, and uh, I got to tell you, after playing for Chuck Lorre, some of these pilots, whew, I was driving over the hill the other day coming home from Fox, and I was like, please, God, don't let me get that. <laughs> please, please, just not that one. You know, what so, was it, uh, 10 years ago when you are like, uh, I'm, not, I'm doing one more pilot season and I'm <laughs> done? Yep, yep. I was. I did this audition. They go, "What was it like to be on uh, a hit show for six and a half years?" I go, "Well, it makes it a little bit easier when I don't get these." <laughs> <laughs> it was nothing like this. Bill, do you know a bunch of the people when you go in for auditions now? No, they know me. Like I got like there's different levels. Like some some things. It used to be if you were on a hit show, they just offered you stuff. Right. Now, that, that's over with. There's too many people. There's too much competition. And uh, so now, like, there's three levels. You go, there's casting director, and then there's the, you know, the, the, the associate producers, and then there's the executive producers who make the decision. So I can at least go to that third audition without without having to go through the first two. so And they know me from the work I've done. And then a few people uh, I like have uh, invited me in to try to audition for their projects. But there hasn't been anything right just yet. And i got to tell you, I'm just kind of really enjoying um, popping in on Young Sheldon and doing stand-up right now until I find something that's really good. I want to do something that's really cool. So, And then I'm working on a little something uh, of my own, trying to get it done over at Netflix. So we'll see what happens with that. Billy Gardell. Always a pleasure talking to you, Billy. Thanks, man. Love you guys very much. Have a great, great day. And when you go to the drive-thru, hit that serious song, buddy, (laughs) Alan Parsons Project, and just scream your order. Junior Bacon Cheeseburger. No. <laughs> Thanks to Mike Lang, Hawk Hall of Famer, and Tim Leibarger, who was the archivist for NeighborhoodArchive.com. He took it upon himself to archive every episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It's its own sort of IMDb file. 
and you can uh, read about any episode, any and every episode, including all the cast members, everything that happened in each episode. You said it was pretty extensive. It has it has like links to the song. It has all the songs. Has it's like well, again, it's like an IMDb. All the credits for each episode, including a synopsis of each episode, right at neighborhoodarchive.com. It's pretty pretty amazing. And there's a search engine there, so if you like remember a time that like you know Ron Carter was playing bass on there or something like that, you can like log on and be like, oh yeah, what episode was that? And it'll take you there. Pretty cool. I thought you were gonna say something, Bill. Oh no, no, I was agreeing with you. Oh, that was like in a like a a, a breath of agreement. Yeah. Yeah, that was like a, yeah, I was like yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, that's nice. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Michelle's coming up next. I'm gonna go. Uh, it's 75 degrees. I'm going swimming. Yeah. Go, go down the mon. Jump in the mon today. Yeah, I'm going to take a little chocolate bunch. milk swim. A <laughs> <laughs> mouth of you Yeah, no problem. <laughs> nice little bay there. I'll see you. I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.